And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to Flashback Fridays. This is David K. Montoya with you today. How are you folks doing? I'm hoping this finds you well. You're still recovering from the whatever you had. I, I usually have like ham or turkey for the holiday season. So did some of you folks out there get, you know, the turkey coma or overstuffed on ham? I surely did. But that's not why we're here, is it? Each and every week we get together here and we tap back and jump in the Wayback Machine to find out what kind of episodes took place before today. Uh, we've got our little bucket ready to go. And what I'm going to do today, like I do every week, I'm going to dip in, pull three podcasts. I'm going to give you a synopsis of what it's about. And then we're going to listen to them. And also... As usual, uh, I think as as of right now, I think we've we're we're almost like a fifty fifty spot. Um, I know there's been a couple over two or over three hours, excuse me, and then there was one just the nose hair under. But I guarantee you, either way we go, it is almost three hours of podcasting. All right, so let's go ahead and get our little bucket together and let's find out all right we're gonna do some shaking okay and the first episode that we have as soon as I turn it over and unroll it and the first show of the day is Scene Red, Episode 7, and that was recorded on January 5th, 2013, so almost a complete year ago. And just a little bit of tidbit here. This is the show, this is our very first show that we start using the moniker Scene Red. Before then, it was Sibling Rivalry. Also, it was recorded in in front of an audience. Now, you're going to hear laughter and stuff. We had several mics around different tables and what we did is we did amplify the laughter because in the original track you could barely hear anything so scene red episode number seven titled everything in between again was recorded well it wasn't recorded it was released january 7 2013 it says rebecca aaron and dave talk about everything from their hopes and dreams to movies Recorded live at the Debbie House on Friday, January 5th, 2013. All right, kids, sit back, relax, and enjoy, and I'll see you when we're all done. Hey, boys and girls, welcome to this very special edition of a live audience of Scene Red.
welcome, folks, to our brand new segment where Aaron is actually part of the, the co-host now. And now you're probably going to be able to hear him a lot better. Yeah. I, I've received a, a couple of uh, comments via Twitter saying, why in the hell can't we hear you? So now we've situated the mic more appropriately and now we'll be able to hear your thoughts better. Hopefully one day we actually have this situated so <laughs> everybody can be equal. My dream... My dream is a padded room. And not the kind of padded room that you think, you know, with the straight jacket. I want a nice egg crate room with, you know, a mic coming down from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. You know, most people want a car, you know. A house. I just want a little room just where we could set in. Before we get started, I, I do need to make a little announcement. An apology to Mr. George Lucas. We did this on an earlier episode of Winnin' Burbank. And because we brought it up here... Um, well, previously, um, formally, sibling rivalry, but we did make the comments, so we, we do have to issue an apology, and that is the, the, the article that I read that said that George Lucas was going to take the money and make a Millennium Falcon, that he believed that the end of the world was coming, but uh, December 21st was a hoax. Mm. Somebody went in... I guess, and I never knew this, but you can actually go into CNN.com. You can write up a little article and post it out there for everybody to read. And I guess it doesn't get edited or, or viewed or anything, and it just went viral. So my apologies to George. Sorry, old chap. I didn't realize that, you know, I, I bought it for what it was. I yeah. thought it was real. So with that being said, let's get into the fun. Surprisingly enough, our audience is being quiet as a mouse. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get them started, though. <coughs> go crazy. So, what have you guys been up to this week? We'll start with our, our usual setup here. I've been sick again, like always. How was your holidays? They're alright. Do anything fun? I went to your house, obviously, but... <laughs> well, I meant, like, with New Year's. Um, I stayed home, and I drank. Mom, mom actually went out and bought me some champagne, believe it or not. Really? But I didn't get drunk off of it, because it was like 7% alcohol. It was pretty good. Was it? Mm-hmm. Well, also we need to do is, we need to thank everybody that spent New Year's Eve with us. We had a tremendous download. We had over 1,500 downloads on the cusp of 11 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And like midnight 30. That's we awesome. had 1,500 downloads. So I want to say thank you to all those people that spent New Year's Eve with us. And of course, Kim Kardashian. And um, who else was? Oh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Um, you know, that cost us some grip of money to pull those yeah, top celebrities in. And, and also, while I'm on the, the topic of celebrities, let me just say, let me just clear up the air. Had we known that Kim Kardashian was pregnant, we wouldn't have given her that big bottle of late or not latex, but Botox. 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 <laughs> so I had no clue. Rebecca and Aaron had no clue. You know, <clears throat> so we just thought she was purging, folks. We just thought, you know, she she licked a candy bar and then she had to go puke. But I guess in actuality, um, she was sick with morning sickness. <laughs> Who knew? Speaking of which, did you guys hear about how the the announcement was made? 
Uh-uh. Did you? No. Okay. Dude, I didn't know she was pregnant. Yeah, yeah. She pregnant. It came uh, out this week. I don't know. It came out or... <laughs> <laughs> the news. The news. By Kanye West? Yes. Oh, God. Um, so, he was at his... Uh, I guess for lack of a better term, at, he was doing his concert. Mm-hmm. And he was doing his, his music. And then all of a sudden, he just stopped. And he goes, I want to give a shout out to baby mama. And then he started playing his music again. And that was it. And then the following day when the newspapers and stuff came out, it was like he was saying that Kim Kardashian is pregnant with his kid, which I don't know if, is this his first kid, his 12th kid? I don't know. But I know that he is such an upstanding citizen. I know Kim Kardashian has nothing to worry about because he will be there at home every single day to help her through every single step of the way through the pregnancy. <laughs> and, you know, because he's just such an outstanding performer and an outstanding guy. And we all know he's just going to be a fantastic father. And he likes I'm, fish sticks. I'm still surprised that he's with her. Why so? Because he seems like to be racist, in my opinion. Oh, really? Yes. Like, I still think about, and I know, like, a lot of people probably think about this to this day when he did that, when he called out Taylor Swift at the Grammys. Oh, was that him? Yes. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, Taylor, but, uh. No, he didn't say he was sorry. He told her off. Told her, basically told her that she was mediocre and that Beyonce should have got the Grammy. Yeah, Beyonce I had that, one of the best videos. Yeah. Yeah. And he was having a fit, and Beyonce's like, stop, stop. You know, quit your bit. Basically telling him he was embarrassing her. He was stop. drunk. He was. He had to been drunk or on drugs. She's like. She's like. You know. Stop, Kanye. It's okay. Stop. You know. Quit. And he, he just kept going and going, and harping on it. I, and he got on the internet and harped on it. And he. And I was like. And that will never leave him. It will follow him forever because that was such a big thing. I read and something. Rude. Like, that was that was the Taylor Swift night. You know. He she went, won. She was young. She was like sixteen, I think. Really? Yeah. Just a kid. She won. Didn't she win Video of the Year or something like that? Or yeah. Video year? of the Year. And, you know, that's a big thing when you're that young. They said that, uh, I was reading some. they said that he went there drinking, I don't know if it was a bottle or if it was a glass of bourbon. But the, a bottle. Bourbon, bourbon or whiskey. They said it was brown liquor. Really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and with that being said, again, upstanding citizen. Yeah. Go baby daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... So, let's see. What else is on the forefront of news? Um, one thing that I wanted to talk about also, because I know you enjoy Kevin Smith, and I, I, you like Kevin Smith as well, yeah. right? You know that he's come out publicly and said that he's going to do a Clerks 3 movie. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, he's waiting for the cast to sign on, all the cast. To, and he's talking about going back old school. He's going to shoot it in black and white film. And he's even kind of pondering the idea of seeing if he could actually make another movie for $27,000 wow. because that's how much Clerks cost originally and he, he said he was going to try to do it for $27,000 which you know it might be doable I don't think it is you don't it's, think not, so? it's not the same time like back when he filmed the original one that was a long time ago 1994 that's a, that kind of money takes you a long way back then it does I mean yeah. For that kind of money now, we're talking like low, low grade. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, okay. Let's just flip this around because a few episodes we were talking about doing a movie, us doing a movie. Yeah. 
And I said, I think I could do one for $25,000. You don't think that's feasible? Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is, like, the people that are in that movie, they're known actors. Mm-hmm. They don't want to... I mean, well, they might, yeah. they might not charge them a lot because these, they're friends. Right. But if they weren't friends or weren't close friends, they're going to get their money. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, you can make a pretty good movie for $25,000 if you have... If you find actors that are good actors, but aren't known actors, well-known actors. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But I, I'm looking forward to it, and he's actually trying to get it produced and put together by October of next year, which October of 2014 will be the 20th anniversary of the first Clerks. Oh, wow. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, let's see. Going on the, the front, we haven't really talked about it, so I think we should bring it up, too is, uh, you know, as of this year, I have two more obligated projects to do, and then we're closing up MythWorks. Um, one of the things that we're doing is we're going to keep MythMart open. Yeah. Um, just to keep the, pro, you know, progress moving along, I guess I could say. Yeah. Um, we have uh, a Christian book that we own. We own the subsidiary to the GISG book, and we own... Oh, okay. Let me back up here, folks. This is going to be a good one because Rebecca doesn't even know this yet. I did some looking around. Mm-hmm. And the second book that we're going to produce is the the 20 years of our company. Mm-hmm. Literally, it, it actually goes more than 20 years. It starts in 1990, you know, when I first got into comic books. Mm-hmm. And then it goes from there all the way to the end of 2012. Well, because this is going to be the last book until I get out of nursing school, you know. Yeah. Unless, you know, something happens and somebody comes in and, and picks up production while I'm away. But right now the plan is this is going to be the last book. I found out. Now, this whole thing with Dark Myth, you know, mm-hmm. technically because of the logo, it said it was the logo and it said Dark Myth. Yeah. You know, and there was really no other, you know, uh, I don't think, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think there was any, like, publications or comics. Well, comics, it had Dark Myth and comics underneath. Yeah. But the initial logo was... The logo and then Dark Myth underneath. That was a violation because of uh, the other company owning the, the trademark to Dark Myth. Yeah. But I still own the trademark until next year of Dark Myth Publications. Oh. So I thought it would be befitting for our last product to not go through MythWorks Publications or GSP or any of our yeah. imprints. The last book that's coming out is going to go through Dark Myth Publications. Oh, that's awesome. And then, like I said, folks, it's, it's literally it's going to start in 1990 when I was given some comic books as a birthday present, and that pretty much set my life on fire yeah. from then to then. And that's been over 20, 23 years now, well, almost 23. In May, it'll yeah. be 23 years. So that's what's going on. Yes, I've, I've received some kind of negative you know, feedback from people. Let me just say, I'm not turning my back on the company. It's essentially, uh, even though I own 65%, it's still mainly my company. I created the company. And if I wanted to just close the whole thing up, I could. It's, It's my prerogative. Yeah. I have a family that I need to support. And in order for me to do that completely, 100%, one hundred percent. I have to become a nurse. I have to become a registered nurse. Now I've mentioned this on other shows. I've don't think I've ever mentioned it here. I have been in the medical field 
Come August of this year, 2013, I've been in the medical field for 17 years. You know, and I literally, I started from an orderly, became a nurse's assistant, became a critical care technician. Now I'm an EKG monitor technician. The only thing left for me to do is to become a nurse. And that's just the next stage in progress. Yeah. And I cannot run a business and do this at the same time. I, I know this is kind of taking a serious turn, but I just need to get this off my chest before we can get on. Yeah. And I promise whether it will be MythWorks or because, you know, Jaselmon has a publishing arm too. One of the two will start picking up after I become a nurse and things will be better, you know, because I'll have more money to invest. And maybe I might actually have that soundproof room that I dream about. Yeah. You know, most guys probably dream about, you know, women. I, I dream about like, soundproof rooms. That's, that's what I dream about at night. Like, ooh. So that's kind of what's going on. Um, let's see. What else is going on in the forefront? There's, there's a new game coming out, too. I seen on TV, and I was going to ask you guys about it. And it looked like a zombie game. Have you seen it? Do you know what, anything about what's going uh, on? No. What, what system? Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, I heard him go, PlayStation. So, PlayStation, I guess. <laughs> I would assume. Uh, zombie I game? I, yeah. We haven't. We don't really watch TV all that often. So We're Netflix nerds. Junkies. I, I enjoy Netflix. I've been watching a lot of Batman animated series off of YouTube. Yeah. And... Um, been watching some old school cartoons. I'm so spoiled on Netflix. I can't even watch regular TV because the, as soon as the commercial comes on, I lose all interest. You're like, next. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm so used to like... I know because he's... Streamless, you know, just seam, seamless watching of TV and no commercial. I'm like, this is so nice. I don't have to hear about the same car 15 times in one hour. The 2013 Acura. Yeah, I, I see that one a lot. Or like a Wendy's commercial, back to back to back every commercial. You're like, dude, really? I just we eat fast food a lot less now. Really? Yeah, we don't think about food because we're not eating <laughs> commercials anymore. It's smart, right? Yeah. Hey, that you might be able to market that as a new diet, no TV diet. Yeah. Right. The Netflix diet. <laughs> Adjust your entertainment. Keep up with Netflix and get sponsored the Netflix diet. Uh, also, speaking of zombies. I finally saw the the trailer for that one zombie, the romance zombie flick that you were telling warm, me. Warm bodies. Warm bodies. That looks amusing. I have to see it. It's coming out come, on February first. Yeah. We're planning to go see it. I, I was laughing because um, in the in the trailer that I saw, the chick is coming out and, yeah. and all the, the uh, zombies are walking in. And she's like, yeah, you know, and he's like, dude, you're trying too hard. Yeah. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> you're making me embarrassed. I'm the zombie. <laughs> so that. That looks pretty good. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, let's see. Other news. I'm very happy to report that M. Night Shyamalan will not be doing Star Wars. Good. Night Shyamalan. Ling Long. Uh, right now, it's looking more like uh, John Faru, who was the director of Iron Man 1 and 2. Oh, that's, that's good. good. Um, I think he could really do that movie. I have something to say, because I showed her this earlier. Okay, go for it. Uh, a second trailer for Man of Steel came out. It looks phenomenal. I showed her this. She's like, that looks really good. Really? It looks good. What? It has a real, like... Like, like it means dark. something. It has, a, it has a real, like, Dark Knight feel to it. Yeah. 
Well, because the same the same creator from uh, not creator the same director director from Watchmen and Three Hundred Three Hundred is making Sin, it not Sin City no um, the first Iron Man yeah and he also did and that's when you say that because I was going to drop that too is um, one of the top class creators in our time his name is Zack Snyder yeah, yeah. yes I, I I haven't seen the second one but when mm-hmm. I heard that he's when he's going to do this because <clears throat> I don't know if you notice and this makes me happy because that means his next movie is going to be an X-Men movie mm-hmm. he's been going behind um, Brian Singer mm-hmm. and, and cleaning up all his fuck ups I know have you noticed that he's yes. been going behind and it's like okay well you screwed this up so I'm going to make this movie this is how you make a movie brother mm-hmm. you know so he's he's doing Superman because yeah. you remember Brian Singer gave him that bastard son Superman mm-hmm. so now he's going to fix that and now maybe hopefully oh that would be Beautiful. The dude that's playing Superman actually looks like Superman. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yes. Speaking of uh, Sin City, they're finally making a new Sin City. Finally. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's coming out this year. I've been waiting for that. And they're making a new 300. And how are they making a new 300? It's like a prequel. Yeah. Really? It doesn't have... Um, what's the lead, the lead? Gerard... Yeah, but what's his, his name? Gerard in, Butler. Name in the movie. Leonidas. 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 He's not in it. It's got somebody... It's a prequel to it. But I'm it, I'm not too interested in that. I love 300 itself. Like that movie's awesome. But yes. I'm really interested in the Sin City because I've been waiting. I remember seeing because everybody was talking about how dumb it was. And and if you're not a comic book fan, if Sin you're City not, was dumb. Yeah, well, I like that movie. Well, that's what I was getting to. Is if you're not a comic book fan, if you're not a fan of some type of art form, mm-hmm. visual stimulation, you won't get Sin City. Yeah. So I rented it and I sat down and I watched it. And I loved it. And literally, as soon as I watched it, we watched it together. What you and I? Yeah. We did. Yes. You sure? Positive. We talked about it. We had like a whole discussion about the movie. But I remember shortly thereafter, I went and bought the movie. It was that good. We yeah. rented it, but then I went and bought it. Yeah. It, and I thought it was phenomenal. It was. It's a good movie, but all the people are going to be in it too. Except. Uh, Whoever died in the other, in the last one, but well, um, Michael Clark Duncan can't be in it. No, well, obviously. And um, Brittany Murphy, she was in it too. Yeah, she can't be in it either. But all the people that didn't die in real life or in the movie. So are, is it going to be Robert Rodriguez directing again? I don't know, but I can look. I think that would be really cool, you know, to bring everybody back, especially Robert Rodriguez, because he 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 showed everybody he can do a lot more than just. I mean, it was still an action flick. Yeah. But it was much. It was a comic book flick too. Yeah. You know, and plus with the CG and the special flat or not special effects, but like green screen and mm-hmm. how the black and white mix with the colors and yeah, I thought he did a really good job with that, and I think he should come back. The new one's called um, Sin City: A Dame to Kill For. Uh huh. And while she's looking at that, uh, Kick Ass Two. Oh, coming they, out this year. They're making it or it's coming out? It's coming out. It's coming out. Really? Mm-hmm. That was another one I really liked. I Frank, really... Yeah, Frank Miller and Robert, Robert Rodriguez are directing it. Oh, really? Yes. Right on. That'll be good. And it's got Clive Owen, Jessica Alba, Mickey Rourke, and Rosario Dawson to the main Mickey stars. Rourke. He's one of my favorites. Yes. So they're bringing back all the people. That'll be good. <coughs> Okay, and now, what do you know about Kick-Ass 2? 
she was looking up the stuff about it earlier, and she was listing all the names of all the movies that are coming out this year, and uh-huh. there were quite a few of them that caught our attention. Like she's like I we mentioned before, Man of Steel, uh, which is a Superman movie, and right? Then they got um, what was the other one we we're talking about? Sin City, Sin City Two, uh huh, and some of the other movies that are coming out, like Warm Bodies. Which, <laughs> believe it or not. It's not going to be one of those movies where people is. It's it's not a set tone to a movie. It's going to be different. Right. They have a lot of movies coming out this year. I mean, I don't think another Wolverine one's coming out. By the way, the Wolverine. Yeah. I don't think Wolverine. all of them seem like that great of movies, but there's some ones that caught my eye, like um, The Great Gatsby's coming out. That'll be good. Pretty soon. I don't, I'm excited. I like that book a lot. And then they're doing another Fast and Furious. They're doing a Riddick movie. Again. Another Riddick movie. Really? Yes. Is that a double Vin Diesel back-to-back? Yeah, he's huh? getting two movies this year. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's coming up. He must be uh, needing some cash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His, uh, his supplies are on a little. Um, they have, for my birthday, I want to see this. The, it's called Oz the Great and Powerful. That looks good. I want to with, see that. Uh, um, James Franco? James Franco, yes. Yeah. Um... The new Carrie, which is going to star Chloe Moritz, is coming out, which I want to see. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because Sissy Spacek played the original Carrie, yeah. and, and she was nothing... How do I say this? She was ugly. Yeah. She was just ugly. Yeah. So it kind of made the whole film as where... Um, and this is the chick from Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass yeah. 2, yeah. Yeah. the little girl, but now she's a, teen, a, a grown... I don't no, know how she's, old she's. She's 15, she's isn't 15, she? She's 15, so she's... She's not very old, and but she plays the teenage, the, you know, the middle 16, 17 year old teenager. She plays it pretty well. So, <laughs> I, I'm kind of interested in seeing that because, again, you know, Sissy Spacek is ugly, and where you know she, the other one's a cute kid. She yeah, is a cute, cute kid, yeah. And so it'll be kind of interesting to see how yeah, that, yeah, yeah, because I think the whole look for for Carrie originally, yeah, kind of made it more scarier. You know, if it was like, you know, if they used someone else easier on the eyes, I don't know how scary it would be. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. But yeah, I, I'd probably check that out. Um, also, they have. A, What's that one movie where they said Lindsay Lohan's doing it? Oh, they're doing, they're doing another scary movie. Yes, yeah, it's, it's Lindsay Lohan, Charlie, Charlie Sheen, Sheen, and that and one black guy from from uh, White Chicks. I can't Terry Crews? Yeah. He's going to be in the, it. The one big burly black yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does the Old Spice commercials. Uh-huh. Yeah, I do. So he's he's going to be in it. And Charlie Ashley Sheen, Ashley Tisdale, Lucy No, who's Lohan. that? Ashley She's a Disney star. She played in um, Cody, Zack and Cody. Yeah. I, and, I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah probably, it's not your... I only know because of the kids. Our, Same. <clears throat> well, I was going to say, you know, because Zoe watches lots of Disney, so... They don't have that show anymore, I don't think. I don't they, think. I didn't they cancel it because they're like they're old, eighteen now, like aren't 18 they? Now. So this is Scary Movie Six, right? Five, five, five okay. Mm-hmm. And they have the Evil Dead, the new Evil Dead's coming out. Is Sam Rennie doing that one? Um, I'll tell you right now. Just to to keep this going. No, it's um. Oh yeah, right. He wrote it, but it's being directed. No, he wrote the original screen. Oh, I'm lying. Sorry. <laughs> he wrote the original screenplay, obviously, but it's, be, it's been redone by this person called Fidi Alvarez. Never Fede, heard of him. Fede? Fide? I don't know. It's Mexican. Oh, is it? Is it? No, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking of that. The French guy that went in and remade The Hills Have Eyes. I can't oh. think of his name. 
People that are playing about. this, I've never even heard of these actors. That was a good movie, by the way. Hell's High Vice. The remake? Creepy. Mm-hmm. Do you know that the original was made just right up the road? Yeah. It was made here. Yeah. And did you know... And I, I didn't realize this. I was watching um, Dawn of the Dead. Not Dawn of the Dead. Because uh, we were talking about it before when... Uh, I don't know if we stated on the show or not, but we <laughs> we did our little uh, haunted hospital type little investigation thing. Uh-huh. And uh, we were talking about... Man, this is so creepy. It feels like the hills have eyes because yeah. we're surrounded by hills in this little... And it's an Air Force base that's abandoned. It's, it's, it, it does feel like hills have eyes over there. Mm-hmm. Really. Um, I, I said, um, what was I thinking? Oh, Dust to Dawn. That's the movie I watched. Yeah. Did uh, you know that movie was shot in Barstow? Uh-uh. Really? Now, Barstow, folks, is literally a 45-minute drive from here. Yeah. And, yeah, the majority of the movie was shot. I mean, what was not shot in Barstow was shot on a soundstage in Hollywood. But the uh. majority was shot in Barstow. I didn't know that until just the other day when I was There's a lot that. of movies that have been shot out there. Uh, he, he does it for anything. <laughs> um, also, the, the new Star Trek's coming out this year. It's called Into the Darkness. Uh, I don't know. I mean... Star Wars all the way out. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I've been a star... I'm more into Star Wars. I mean, I like Star Trek. I've seen the remake of the Star Trek, and I thought it was good. But I don't know if I'm really interested enough to, to see a sequel. If it, if it doesn't have Patrick Stewart in it, I'm not I know. interested. <laughs> He's my favorite. Like, I, I don't really like Star Trek, but I loved the, the one with Patrick Stewart. I just like Patrick Stewart in general. But oh, Star Trek The Next Generation? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen the remake of the first one that they came out with. The and... first one was good. Um, it was... And, and this is coming off, and Lord knows I don't need any more hate mail this week, but it, it felt... The acting was good. The storytelling was good. But from what I knew and understood of the Star Trek universe, they rewrote it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're rewriting history. Yeah. And I thought that since they... What's the guy who plays... Um, not Leonard Nimoy, not the original Spock, but the guy who plays Spock this time. I can't think of his name, but... I can't think of his name, but I know who he is. But they, they literally, because they had Leonard... Leonard Nimoy and the other guy they're both dressed as Spock mm. you know one's the present Spock and one's past Spock right yeah. and they're standing there next to each other oh um, I know his name what is it Zachary Quinto yeah yeah him speaking of him real fast you know he plays in Heroes right yes okay so I'm make sure yes um but they were literally standing there having dialogue between each other and I kind of lost the dialogue because I'm like, the first thing my, my mind focuses on is, okay, these are supposed to be the same guy, one's younger than the other. Other than they both look like Vulcans. Or not Vulcans, Vulcans. Vulcans. Um, other than looking like Vulcans and they kind of have the same haircut, mm. they do not look alike. There's a resemblance. But you, you couldn't... You don't have. change who you are completely unless you use plastic surgery, obviously, but... I get what you're saying. How can you follow it when it's not believable? Right. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I just... Uh, probably, you know, out of a 10-star rating system, I probably gave it about a 6. It's like putting Superman clothes on Cyclops. Yeah. <laughs> they also have um, The Hangover Part 3 coming out, which I want to see. I like that movie. I like those movies. 
The Last Hangover really disturbed me. I have yet to see it. I've heard it's hilarious. Well, it, it was a... Yeah. yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't even know how to say this. Um, especially if there's young listeners in the room. Um, the, the main guy, I can't think of what his name is. The dentist guy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he. Yeah, has, I, I can't remember his name either, but I know what you're talking he's about. he's addicted to sex. Essentially, is what it is, and he ends up in Bangkok, and he's with this prostitute. And if you, anybody has not seen it, wants to see it, spoilers now. Okay, hit fast forward or just skip it because I'm going to tell you what happens. Um, so he ends up with this prostitute. The following day, you know, he wakes up and they're, they're trying to figure out what's going on. He goes back to the, the place. The prostitute was a dude. Come on now, we already saw that coming. Yeah. I didn't. I, it, it disturbed me. <laughs> and then, exactly, who got sexed, and I, I'm using my, my terms yeah. politically here, is probably what disturbed me even more. And, but yeah, I don't know. I'll probably. The whole watch thing it. is, is you haven't watched enough foreign mo- movies to the point that that kind of stuff doesn't phase you, like me. Mm. I watch so many foreign movies. That kind of stuff doesn't phase me because it's in every foreign movie. Well, you have to remember, before you were into foreign movies, I was into foreign movies. So by the time you got into it, I was getting out. out yeah, it's like video games. Yeah. <clears throat> because and, and we forget this sometimes, folks. Is there's. Uh, what almost eleven years age difference between you and I? Yeah. So there, you know, that's a decade. Yeah, that that kind of happens. You know, things that she's just now getting into at almost twenty five years old. I was into twenty five years ago, or not twenty five years ago, but ten years ago as twenty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so they also have the new Monster University coming out, which I want to see because I like I love those. Which is people don't know Pixar movies. That's a uh, prequel to Monsters Inc. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then the Lone Ranger with Johnny Depp. I so want to see that. He looks so freaking weird as Tonto. Oh, white man, white man. He, 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 have you seen the picture? white man who is good must wear mask? Yeah, that really. Ah. It looks very Despicable Me 2 coming out, which I haven't even seen the first one. I'm I'm still waiting for the Oompa Loompas, you know, in, in the trailers. Yeah. You know, he's standing there and the Oompa Loompas start. Oompa Loompa. It's like. Oompa he's played so many different roles. Yeah. And so much. I mean, in the last, what, 10 years, he has played a major role every single movie year. that he's been in. And it's, it's hard for my brain because I've seen him a, a lot of them. Um, to decipher, you know, now it's starting to. I want to see more. Together. Yeah, I, I can't wait <coughs> for the new Anchorman that's coming out because I like Will Ferrell. I don't like that movie. I'm sorry. I like Will Ferrell. The I, only I, movie that he ever did that I really liked was The Stranger Than Fiction. That was good. I'm not a big fan of him. He's he's not as funny. He was pretty good Talladega, Talladega Nights, but I actually bought that one. Dear Lord, baby Jesus. Oh, baby goodness. Jesus. In your baby Jesus' like, ways. You know, I still, I still remember Adam on Christmas. No, yeah, on, on Thanksgiving. One year. You have to explain who these people He's are. He's my, my youngest cousin. And uh, on Thanksgiving, we had to go around and say what we were grateful for. Uh-huh. Jackie made us, my aunt Jackie made us all do that. And he's like, yeah, I'm grateful for the little baby Jeebus. Jeebus? <laughs> Everybody in the room like, started busting up laughing. <laughs> there was a lot of us there. Everybody was there that year, 
basically. And he was little. And it was just random. Because we're like, yeah, we're grateful for love that we have with our family and our good jobs and this and that. And then he's like, I'm grateful for the little baby Jeebus. Just to make note in reference, folks, I wasn't invited to that. I think you were. I don't know. This is a long time ago. He was still little. I have never been invited (coughs) to any of Jackie's our aunts, my mom's sister, um, any of her get-togethers. I've never been invited. Neither has my wife or my kids. We've we've never been invited. But it's okay. Because we got the Lord baby Jesus power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Wolverine's coming out and Smurfs 2 is coming out, which I don't care. What, what is Smurfs, Smurfs 2? Smurfs 2. <sighs> Just make them into blueberries, damn it. Let's eat them. Um, 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 um. Red 2 is coming out. I want to see that. I, she see red hasn't see seen it. the first one. Really? She yeah. hasn't. I'm very disappointed because I want to show her that movie, but it's not on Netflix. Well, now that our, our show is called Seeing Red, mm-hmm. it, it's like obligated. You, you're obligated you have to, see it. to see this movie. But for us... Bruce Willis. That's all I have to say, Bruce Willis. But for us, you know, seeing, and, and it's actually R period, E period, D period... Mm-hmm. For us too, as as for the movie is R period, E period, D period, but for them it's what um, retired, extremely dangerous. But for us, it's Rebecca, Aaron, and Dave. Yeah, well, we're, we're not that cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Percy Jackson. Yeah, I like that movie. Never seen it. Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Yeah, they have the second part. Coming I out. want to see the first one. I still haven't seen it. I they was going to see it coming out. I, to me, this doesn't do anything for me, but I just thought that the lineup was pretty good. Um, it's called Two Guns, and it has Denzel Washington, uh, Mark Wahlberg, and Marky Mark. Yeah, Marky and Mark. And Paul. I can't think of his name. Hold on a second. Well, she's what? well, she's looking that up. And, uh, since we were talking about Bruce Willis, another Die Hard. Die Harder. Die Harder? No. no. It's not called Die Harder. <laughs> Hold on a second. At this point, it should be called, like, Blow Harder. <laughs> I passed it somewhere, but it's, um... I mean, another I want... day, another another good day to die hard or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know what? I have to say that the, the last one, mm. the one about cyber terrorism, yeah. that was really good. That was really good. Uh-huh. The one before that was Samuel L. Jackson I didn't like. Yeah, the one before that I didn't like. I liked the first one, two, and three, but after that I didn't yeah, like them. <laughs> so I got I have a movie right here that has the best lineup ever. Okay, I'm all ears. It's called The Tomb. Okay, it's got The Tomb. The Tomb. It's got Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Vincent D'Onofrio, and Fifty Cent. Oh my God! I know, How? right? This is gonna be the best movie to laugh at ever. Make yes. millions. Oh, oh. No. How do you put? First of all, that's too much testosterone. That's just slow. And Arnold Schwarzenegger to get. How do you even understand what they're saying? Fifty Cent by himself. No, but by himself. Come on now. He's like, I'll be in the club. I'll be the governor of California. <laughs> I'm in <working. laughs> Right? I'm telling you. You're so what's, what's like, the plot line? It says when a structural security authority finds himself incarcerated in pr- in a prison he designed. He has to pull his... He has to pull, sorry. He has to put his skills to... What? (laughs) They didn't write that right. He has to put his skills to escape. That's what it says. He has to put his skills to escape. 
Well, that's why we know I think that. To the I, test. I was gonna say that's why I we know it, IMDb I doesn't have be, no editors. He has to yeah. put his skills to the test to escape and find out who framed him. I just edited that for them. That's how. <laughs> that's sad. But uh, honestly, well, I, I make sense having sent in prison, but. Well, Arnold, Arnold, at this point is like, I have to make movie. I have to pay my secretary. I guess, but putting them together in a movie, I just can't take it seriously. It's hard Sweet. to take it serious as it is. Speaking of wacky Arnold, I didn't know this till today, but I didn't even know that they could do this either. What's that? About the blowfish? Yes. Oh, because I because you know, we know he's from Nevada, right? And I really want to get some glowfish. Uh-huh. People who know what glowfish are, they take and I can't remember what kind of fish it. They take a, they take a fish and when it's a little embryo and the egg, they splice a, the DNA of a poisonous mushroom into it to make it glow in uh-huh. the dark. And he. Uh, Banned them in California, but they're legal in Nevada. So I wanted, I was thinking, like, Arnold did? Yeah. Oh, nice. And he was the governor, the governator. The governor! He banned them because it's not, he said it's not ethical, but yet we, can, be we can eat, you know, food that's been genetically altered. That's right. okay. Yeah. That's we can't okay. have glowfish. Please. But uh, they also have, let's see, well, I'm, there's a lot of movies on here, just to let everybody know, but I'm just naming the ones that seem mentionable. Right, right. A lot of these ones don't interest me at all. Um, the Thor movie's coming out in November. Hallelujah. The second one. That'll be good. The Hunger Games, the, se- the second one's coming out in November also. And the second part of The Hobbit's coming out in December. It seems like November is uh, the entertainment month no, of the year. It's the cult classic month of the year. No, because not all only the, that. All movies that all movies, I'm not talking about just movies, though. I'm talking about video games, entertainment. No, but know. what I've noticed is like... All the movies that have like three, you know, three or four parts to them, right, come out always come out either in like the summer or November. Yep. Well, because I know summer is blockbuster. Yeah. I wonder. Speaking of blockbuster, I wonder if they're ever going to come out with another Terminator. Since you know, they're not. I don't think they are. And if they do, they'd have to make up something completely different, you know, than what they've been going off of because of Terminator Salvation. Right. So. Well, that's why I was curious because now that uh, Arnie's out of office and he can act again, you know, will they just keg like a shitload of Botox? Make it, yeah, and put it, <laughs> it into his flabby tur- muscles. Terminator Salvation, they they CGI'd him in there. Yeah, they yeah, took I some dude's that. body and cut his head onto the dude's body, basically. And you could the only thing I like about that is that you could tell it was fake. I mean, you could see that it was CGI'd, and I'm like, with what they have now, you could have made that look more realistic. You know what, I. I don't remember where I seen it originally, but I do have the DVD, and it's at home, and it's still in the case, and it still has the original protective wrapping around it. God. <clears throat> I'd like to, to see them do like a new, because I like Terminator, like a new story. I don't yeah. know. A lot of people probably say, I'll just let it die, but. No, no. You know what? I like the in story. In fact, what was it? 08 or 09 when they were doing the Sarah Chronicle, or Sarah, Sarah Chronicle. Chronicle. Connor, Connor Chronicles. Yes. Yes. I watched them all. I was into it. Even if, you know... Uh, yeah, I heard it was good. Even if Schwarzenegger wasn't in it, I, yeah. I was into it. The storytelling was so gripping. I thought it was really good. Mm. It, I thought it was... But then it, it only lasted like two seasons. Um, but that's that's a good thing, though, because even if stuff like that dies soon on TV, they should just throw it on Netflix, you know? That's where it's going to head, you know? So, anyway, um, what else is there? Anything else good on... Oh, and then they have the, the, the new Anchorman at the end of the year. But that's all I see on here for now. I'm sure there's other movies that aren't on this list. Right. But, 
I'm just, I'm just looking at the movie, the top winners of the past forever. I want to say something. Uh, <laughs> again, going back to the Will Ferrell thing, I think he's one of those people that's going to be like 80 years old and still try to act on TV and be all crazy. <laughs> I can you know? I don't, he's just not that funny to me. He was pretty good on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but he's got that, that young spirit to him. You know, like, even... I'm, I'm, I'll say this myself. Elf, <clears throat> what the hell? I, I didn't like movie. Elf. No. But some of his other stuff, it's like... You you would see, like, a little kid do that movie, you know? Right. You know, like... <laughs> I still think that he should do more movies like Strangers of Fiction. That movie was a good... He did good in that movie. I liked it. Um, my favorite Will Ferrell movie is actually... Um, Oh, what is it called? It's not Boogie Nights. That's the one about porn. Mm-hmm. Night uh, at the Roxbury? Night at the Roxbury. I knew you were talking about that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and for those that can't see... Uh, the head bob. Yeah, Rebecca was doing the head bob. Come on, man. It's Richard Grieco. <laughs> I just said movies so many times when I was younger. I feel like when I was young, there wasn't that many movies to watch. And then you look so back you at it watch, now, and then so you, you had to watch the same movies over and over again. Mm-hmm. Well, because there was how do I explain this? We have streaming video now. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, as much as you don't want to admit it, you did live in a time when you were young, pre-internet. I know there was actually existence, and I know some of the audience are like, <gasps> "No internet? What? It's true. No, no TV without cable, huh?" It's true. We we did survive. We lived. And you know what? Y2K didn't happen. <laughs> no. 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 I, I, I should have been one of those smart ones that made the Y2K survival kit and made some money off of it, though. Yeah. But yes, there was. There was uh, a time where there was no internet. And you had your TV stations, which played what would be considered now would be considered like TVG you know and that was like their back then you didn't have to have a cable box no no like you couldn't even see what time it was unless you had a clock in your house <laughs> yeah exactly and there was no TV guide I, I I remember just as I was getting ready to leave high school they were bringing in internet and somebody was telling me about internet and I, I was like the internet and the I, I was the guy who was installing it and he's like yeah you know it's, it's gonna come they, they connect it off of your now this may be something even for some of our listeners before when the internet first came out it was all ran off of telephone lines what? Yep. Uh, yeah you don't remember that Oh, dial up. Oh, yeah, and it had to, like, beep. It's a beep. Yeah. I remember I used to have AOL. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to wait. You're like, come on, <laughs> You're like, come on, it's taking five minutes to sign in. Unplug it, plug it back in. And this is why podcasting didn't happen until later on. Because can you imagine, okay, for example, our podcast, just one podcast, is roughly anywhere from 49 megabytes to 55 megabytes. Okay. Not including the file compression. No, we're, we're just talking straight. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if we wanted to upload that back then on dial-up, it would take about a day just yeah. to upload one. We're just talking, nobody getting on the phone, nobody surfing the web, just uploading. Mm-hmm. That's why podcasting didn't happen until now. Yeah. Speaking of internet speed real fast, I laugh because me and him play a lot of like MMOs. Mm-hmm. We'll play... Massive multiplayer online role playing games. Yeah, 
Video games. And uh, <laughs> we'll play with other people. Like, we'll be together, and then we'll have other people with us, and then, like, the person comes into the party, and, like, we're, we're moving maps or whatever on the game, and it's, like, loading. 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 loading, by their loading. I'm like, what kind of freaking internet do they have? Dial-up? <laughs> I mean, come on now. Mind you, we have multiple devices running off of our internet the at time. the same time. So including two computers. We're full, playing. Yeah. And we're, like, our load's like that. Okay? Right. And we don't even have that great internet. And this person's like, load. I'm like, where, what? Where do you live? In? <laughs> yeah, what are you using? Are you using a freaking wire to like a stone or something? I was going to say, you know, a wire hooked to two tin cans to a motor. <laughs> I mean, they don't have internet that's slow anymore. Like, no. it's crazy. No, because like, we use <coughs> charge. You guys got charger too, right? Yeah. yeah. Their lowest speed is 15 megabits per second. No, it's they've upped it. It's thirty megabits per second. It's their lowest, mm-hmm. and that's fast. That's what we have. That's not fast. I miss Verizon FiOS. That's, that just flew. It was beautiful. Well, I remember right. I'm spoiled <laughs> because where I live now, we don't have the option for Verizon FiOS. Yeah, yeah, because we're out more towards the country. And you yeah. probably can't even get it. Huh? They're so Verizon FiOS is so picky now. They will not even give you their file service unless you pass this really high credit check. Really? Because I have fi- I had FIOS. Uh-huh. And I tried to get another place hooked up with FIOS. Uh-huh. They're like, well, we can't give you another one because you don't pass their credit check. I said, I'm already a customer. They're like, no, it doesn't matter. We, we changed our procedure now. The policy? Yeah. Now, I know... <sighs> I, that's why I wish that uh, Cox was out here because Cox gives anybody internet. I don't like Cox internet. I've had it in Arizona. I oh, really? I wasn't impressed. I, I'm actually, I'm happy with Charter. Mm. It's good for the price. It's really good for the price. <clears throat> um, you know, maybe one day I'll, I'll have rich man internet. Yeah. You know, what is that? Like 120 bips per second? Yeah, so I want <laughs> to do anything in five seconds. Does. Speaking of 128, when I got internet for the very first time in 1999... Okay, I had an old Macintosh LC3, 25 megs of RAM. I had a, a 28, no, it was a 56. It was a 56K modem. Mm-hmm. But where I was at, I could only connect at a 28.8 connection speed. God. So, <laughs> and, 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 a Game Boy Advance runs faster than that now. <laughs> I was going to say, and that is, for example, text messaging. Mm-hmm. On a phone, runs faster than a twenty-eight-eight now. Mm-hmm. Because I remember when I first got on AOL, I couldn't surf the web because it wasn't fast enough. I just couldn't get on. The only thing I could do is like you click on one thing, and as soon as you click on that one thing, you're waiting ten minutes for a page to pop up. Right. <clears throat> and I and that I don't know why I even. I remember. I remember like when I uh, moved and I went to college and I had like. Decent internet, free internet all the time. Right. Because before the internet I had, there was always a lot of waiting to right. load. You know, like, and I was used to that. I was used to the wait time of loading pages. I go to college and I have internet everywhere and it's fast. So I come home and I would sit there and have tantrums. <laughs> I'm like, if you don't fucking load right now, I'm going to cry. I'm like <laughs> slamming on the mouse button. I'm like, oh my God. Like, what is this thing doing? It's not live. I would have tantrums. I would flip out because I was like, I'm going to go crazy. Like, I, I can't live like this. That's why I like going to the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, when I work on, you know, weekends I work at the hospital. They have 
super fast uh, internet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I can pretty much do anything I want off my smartphone. Yeah. And it flies, man. I just, oh. and the internet we have now is good. Like, but when, when I first, like, back, this is back in 2006, we had barely just got internet. Mom right. didn't even know what it was, you know. Daddy used a computer. I remember, like, we got the cheapest one. It was horrid. It was so bad. What what carrier was it? Do you I think remember? it was Charter. Really? When they first came out with their broadband or whatever, their DSL. Uh-huh. But we had the lowest, the lowest up upload speed or whatever and it, it was like clicking on a page and it's like you see the little hourglass turning turning you're like I'm like what is moving this? around <laughs> stuff like, what's the time wrong? Like, by. What, I'm like what's wrong with it like what's wrong with your computer yeah I'm like what's, why is it like this I'm like but it was <laughs> it was bad it was sad well no because I remember um, for a very short time you know I, I lived with you and mom mm-hmm. and that was uh Somewhere around like 2002, you had the internet. Yeah. And that was horribly slow. I was used to that though. And then I went to college and I was like, wow. This like, is so great. Internet's so fast. Like, I couldn't believe Because, you know, they have good internet at college. Right. And then I came home and got internet again. And I was like, oh my God, I can't live like this. I was like, mom, we have to do something about this. She's like, oh, it's fine. I'm like, it's not fine. If you have to wait more than a minute for a page to load, Cause I'm spoiled, you know. I'm, right. I, my pages load instantly now, you know. And if it doesn't, something's wrong with the computer, you know. It has to be. Well, nowadays, if you if you <coughs> wait more than 15 seconds for something to load, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. That is too slow. Yeah. One of the the first things that my son started, I mean, because we've always allowed Jaden to play on the computer because I'm a computer nerd. So whatever he broke, I was able to fix. So you know, I was very open and allowed him to do whatever he wanted. I remember him being a very young age. He had his hand on his hip, and he looked really pissed off. And I'm like, what's wrong, son? He's like, it's too slow! I was like... (laughs) But, you know, now... Now now it's not the internet. Now it's the computer computer. devices are are too slow. Yeah. Now we have to catch up with... What's your app? How many gigs do you have on it? (laughs) I don't know how much she has. Who? Jaden, with his laptop. But he's got a cool setup. You've seen it. I think both of you've seen it. You know, it's Did you put up. extra RAM in it? Uh, yeah. I took I took some RAM out of an old. I know um, that it didn't have very much when before. But I want to get him a new laptop anyway because he just he's at that point where, you know, he's he's created what he calls Bloodstream Studios. Yeah. You know, he's he's made himself a, his own little company, That's which funny. does my heart really well. <laughs> Um, you know, and he's he's making cartoons, and he's trying to figure out how to learn how to make video games and stuff like that. So he's going to need a bigger computer to do stuff like that. So uh, I'll probably be getting him one, hopefully this year or sometime. I, I am just completely at all. Uh, maybe it's because it was the free tickets. I don't know. These guys have been really quiet tonight. Uh, I was expecting usual. Very I know they're never this quiet. I, I was expecting you know some some clapping some or giggles, yeah. And, you know we farts maybe. Believe it or not, folks, we are not alone. We do have an audience here, and they are just being <laughs> super quiet. I don't know. Maybe next episode we'll have we'll bring in maybe we'll we'll bring in uh, the return of. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> oh God! No! Return of a, a special guest, so we can get some laughs going here. <clears throat> this crowd has been really quiet. And I hope you've enjoyed the show. And I think what I'm most thankful for is that we don't have no high desert crackheads out here tonight. I know. 
and let me tell you, and this is kind of going to be a segue to go into this. Today I went out and did some shopping. And what is up with people? And I, I say this because I went to KFART today. Yeah. You know, I went and uh, my son's going back to school Monday. So I had to go pick him up underwear, socks, shirts, you know, stuff like that. And I'm walking out of the store and this lady has maybe a five, six-year-old kid. And she's yelling at him. But it's not even so much what she's yelling at him, but what she's saying. And she was like, why is it every time we go to the store you have to be a little cocksucker? And I'm like, he's five! Wow. What is wrong with you? It just it annoys the shit out of me. What is wrong with these people? She didn't get her drug fixed today, so she's mad. Good God, maybe. Or, okay, I went to same today again. You know, I, I went and picked up a pack <laughs> of cigarettes. Well, I more than one. But I'm standing there, and I'm, I'm getting ready to slide my ATM through, and this guy gets up on me. I'm like, excuse me, personal space? You know? Like, literally, if I would have punched in my, you know, my pin code, he would have seen it. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was like, he kept touching my fucking arm. Wow. What is up with these people? People are desperate. When you're strange, doo-ba-doo-doo. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's what happens when you live up here in the high desert. All there is to do is, is have sex, you know, have babies and smoke a little crack or methamphetamine and they're set to go. Sex, drugs, rock and roll! Yeah. I think they forgot the rock and roll part. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were rocking and rolling to have that sex. But, uh, no, that's probably, besides the point. They were probably rocking and rolling those bad drugs they got. Some little Epsom <laughs> salt thrown in there. Maybe some OxyClean. OxyClean. <laughs> OxyClean. <laughs> Stephanie knows the joke behind that. But anyways. Billy Mays here with another exciting drug. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. really works. No. <laughs> but seriously, it, it just seems like, you know, we moved up here in 1989. I know you've moved away and moved back. I've moved away and moved back. We end up keep coming back here. But it is. It's getting worse here. Yeah. When we moved here, originally it was a very nice, very clean place. Apple Valley, which is the home of Roy Rogers and Dale Evans, it used to be considered a classy place to live, and it was fairly classy when we moved here. Well, you got I was in Arkansas when you guys moved here. Yeah. And that was, what, 90, 97? I think so. And, you know, it, it's, it's not like that no more. I mean, I remember... Walking the streets, walking to the store, you know, whatever, you know, just walking and feeling completely safe. Yeah. And now, I I wouldn't. There's no way in hell I would walk these streets by myself. I. They're like, you could just I'm walk up to, to the walk store. A dog. Yeah. I'm afraid I'm gonna get mugged or a dog's gonna come attack me or something. Like you don't even know. You gotta carry a when, weapon with you. When I was about 14 years old, me and my ex-best friend were walking, and this guy tried to pick us up. He's like, get in the car, I'll take you guys home. I'm like, we live right around the corner. I'll drive there. I said, hell no, we'll walk. I mean, it was literally a block away from here. Right. And he was like adamant to get us in the car. It's, it's literally gone to a bad place. So, you're going to be seeing red for what I have to say, and that is, with the high desert with the inflation of people coming in from all over the place, um, the high desert has just become a, a trash hole. Yeah. And it's not getting any better. Now, my, my theory is, okay, and I've said this before, we 
go and for people that have to breed, make them do an IQ test, piss test, and any type of test there is. They yeah, can, they can pass any test, even a driving test. Yeah, why not? Hey, there's there's there should be a seeing straight test because most of the people up here obviously can't do. That. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's it comes down to. Morale, I guess. Mm-hmm. People are okay with this being scummy. And, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. I know this is probably pissing a lot of people off, especially that live up here. You know, especially now there's a real big hush under the auditorium tonight. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just talking the truth. There's just too much. So, I'm David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. And I'm Aaron Illich. Go ahead and sign us out. And uh, remember, if you have slow internet, you'll be seeing red like us. <laughs> Good night, folks. And that was actually, this was a two-parter, uh, part eight. We did two shows that night, or episode eight, we did one more show. And uh, after that, it, when it was all recorded on January 5th, 2013, but after that, that was it. We have not had no more live shows. And it's always been fun to kind of listen, uh, you know, back on the shows because, you know, uh, just barely into it. And I I think that the show and our conversations and topics are are just much more interesting than what we have or what we had back then. But anyway, great show. I've always enjoyed it. And, of course, like I said, that was a, a special because that was the first time we had used, you know, the, hey, boys and girls, welcome to Scene Red. So, and, and Scene Red's, of course, one of my favorite shows to record. So that's very special to me. All right, let's move right along. Uh, let's see. Let's get this bucket and start shaking. <clears throat> All right. So the next episode that we have is, let me just set this down here, folks, so I can read this little thing here. And it is, let's see. I had a couple of them bunched up again. News, Views, and Reviews number 29. And that is called The Truth is Out There. Released August 20th, 2013. Synopsis reads, This week, Reaper Rick decides he is talking the podcast back in its original direction. Back in the saddle, he covers news about Area 51 and then gives us his views on old people and ear hair. Then finally concludes with his review on the concept of God versus aliens, which came first. All right, kids. I remember this one quite clearly. I think if if you're an NVR fan, you're going to enjoy this. So set back, relax, and enjoy News, Views, and Reviews, number 29. Hey, welcome back, everyone. I am Reaper Rick, and this is News, Views, and Reviews. Long-time listeners may recall that originally the the show was called News, Views, and Reviews, and it is still called such on uh, all the 
the stations that carry it, but about two months ago, I uh, changed the name from News, Views, and Reviews to basically Reaper Rick's Moan and Groan Show, but I think I've uh, moaned and groaned enough, and <clears throat> you guys are all probably pretty tired of hearing about my miserable life, so I'm go back to the original format, which was news, views, and reviews. Not that my life is no longer miserable, it has gotten even worse, but I'm not going to talk about that right now, okay? Lucky you. And, uh, well, this, this is pretty fantastic, and I'm sure you've all heard about this by now, but I have to mention it anyway, because we've only been waiting 50 years or so for this to come out. <clears throat> the uh, CIA, that's the Central Intelligence Agency of the United States, has announced, finally, that Area 51 does, in fact, exist. They have declassified at least some information about that mysterious place out in the Nevada desert. They've included maps that show where it's located as if we didn't know where it was located. And they've announced that during the Cold War, Area 51 was used to develop spy planes, and that's something else we didn't know about, har-har, but they have remained silent about the possible link to aliens or alien saucers or alien technology that is reported to have occurred there, but at least it's good to know that all of those conspiracy theorists were correct in that Area 51, blubber, fuck, Area 51 doesn't indeed exist, and it has been a top secret military base since the 1940s. Good to know, finally. <clears throat> so, let's see, what else we got? Oh, of course, here's another interesting piece of news, and I'm sure people have heard about this too, but another child has come down with the brain-eating amoeba disease, and he contracted this uh, amoeba playing in a water-filled ditch near his home with a couple of other kids who did not become infected. Um, a couple of weeks ago, the young girl became infected at a city water park where hundreds not thousands of other children have been playing 
and yet she became infected with the amoeba as well. Uh, she and this this new young boy um, were being given a new drug that apparently works, and the amoeba infection has disappeared, but the problem remains that there was a lot of brain swelling due to well, edema, which is swelling, but uh, the amoebas caused uh, massive brain edema, so at this point that's where the problem lies. They have to reduce the swelling, and while most people who become infected with this creature die, these two children at least seem to be getting well, so that's that's nice to hear. It's rather unusual, however, that the little girl picked this up at a water park, which is, I mean, you assume the water is uh, relatively clean. Of course, you know that, you know, children being what they are will, you know, pee and spit into the pool, the water. But that's what chlorine is for, isn't it? To uh, eliminate bacteria and hopefully parasites. But apparently, the girl got infected anyway. It, uh, if the amoeba lives in warm water and is especially prevalent in the south, most of the uh, infections have occurred in Texas and Florida. So stay away from warm water in the south. Har har. Um, something else on the uh, international news recently was uh, Oprah Winfrey. Seems, and I'm sure many people have heard this too. Seems while she was in Switzerland, she went into a store and wanted to examine a, well, at least what appeared to be a uh, crocodile or alligator bag purse. Uh, the price tag on this item was $38,000 for a bag, a purse, made out of the skin of a dead animal. I don't even know who the designer was, but apparently that was the, uh, you know, the, the catching point was it was some famous, <coughs> excuse me, some famous bag designer. Anyway, the salesperson told Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, who is quite possibly the richest woman in the world, salesperson told her that uh, this was an item that she could not afford, so she wasn't going to let her look at it. Which, uh, which was a uh, shock to Oprah, and 
was obviously a shock to the salesperson when she found out who she was because, believe it or not, she apparently did not know or did not recognize Oprah. <coughs> and uh, brought up a big to-do about racism and such, but the store has said it was merely a misunderstanding and the salesperson offered to show Oprah a less expensive bag made from the skin of a dead animal so there you go stay away from purses that are made out of dead animals I mean it is just sad I think that some people have to spend that much money on a on an item that is made from the skin of a dead animal just so they can prance around the world and show off this bag and they can say yes this bag costs more money than we make in a single year not to mention the fact that animal died just so I could carry around this ridiculously stupid expensive bag and look really ridiculous and stupid myself of course that's just my opinion <laughs> uh, let's see uh, the NSA phone tap has taken another turn for the worse I guess if you consider that they recently said that some 3,000 uh, phone conversations were recorded for no apparent reason. Um, I, I believe that what happens is the recordings, I mean, the phone conversations are recorded and then run through a computer looking for keywords like uh, bomb or explosion or killing or something like that so terrorist type talk so if you're not planning on blowing up something or killing somebody you really shouldn't have too much to worry about because I doubt if somebody is sitting there listening to every word you say on your cell phone of course you never know just something to think about oh let's see oh in India I mean you know India over there by China there's an Indian with a nine inch long wait a minute oh and there's an Indian who has ear hair hair that grows from your ear that he braids and these hair braids from his ear are nine inches long that is the world record I, 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 I suspect although I could probably I could probably equal that I think if uh, if I wanted to I've noticed that uh, over the years, 
Um, my ears have taken on a whole new aspect of, well, growth. Aside from the fact that two parts of your body that continue to grow as long as you are alive. And no, it's not that part. Two parts that continue to grow, at least on men, are your ears. Well, of course, that's two things. Actually, it's three things if you count the ears as two. Your ears and your nose continue to grow. Um, <clears throat> because they're cartilage. Don't know if that's why, but they are basically cartilage. And not only do they grow, they also tend to produce more hair as you get older. Um, not just on the outside, but on the inside. The ear canal produces an inordinate amount of hair or some reason, I mean, it's, it's not enough that you start losing your hearing as you grow older. You also <clears throat> produce so much hair in the canal that it makes it hard to hear, hear from your ear. At any rate, <clears throat> um, the past few years for me, if I have to go somewhere, I don't worry so much about shaving my face, but I always have to shave my ears before I go out in public. Otherwise, I look peculiar, large elephant-type ears with tufts of hair growing out of them. It's very, very disheartening. That, that's just one more thing that you get to look forward to as you get older. And uh, some of you young young guys may be chuckling over that. But trust me, in 30 or 40 years, you know, you'll know what I'm talking about. And, let's see, well... I'm going to step away for just a moment, and I'm back. Magic of electronics. Okay, something else that uh, I've noticed recently, and we're just kind of slipping away from the news now, going into the news section. For the past uh, two and a half months, I've been in California, and I've been living in a place that is basically for seniors only. Um, you know, I've been staying with my mother, taking care of her after her surgery. And I've, I've, I've come to discover, because I, you know, up until now, I have, have well, I haven't been around older people for many, many years. But, uh, turns out that, uh, 
older people are pretty strange. You know, the doors, song, uh, people are strange when you're a stranger. Well, it's kind of where I'm, where I am right now because, uh, this place is filled with strange people. I have made, you know, one or two acquaintances. Um, one of them is not too strange. The other one is pretty strange. But basically, the people I just, you know, pass in the hallway or see when I go downstairs or something like that, these people are on the edge, I think of something, uh, early dementia, perhaps, uh, just, I don't know, I mean, granted, I myself am technically and chronologically older, older than many, and I have a birthday coming up. Next month, at which time I will be even older. But <clears throat> mentally, I think I have maintained a lot of my youthful thought. Um, yes, some gray cells have decided to abandon ship. I, I that, but uh, for the most part, um, you know, I'm, I'm the fucking genius of Mark Twain compared to any of the people here, and I know that's, that's, that's not right, I shouldn't say things like that, but a lot of these people are very weird, um, and... You know, that's what happens when, when many people start to age. Their uh, 60s and 70s usually aren't too bad, but you get up into the 80s, I think there is really some drain on what's happening upstairs. And among other things, discovered since I've been back here in California, back in Southern, Southern California. Um, there are a lot of people here, a lot of people, and um, everybody seems to be in a huge hurry to get nowhere. And you usually have to wait wherever you go because there are so many people ahead of you. Um, anyway, too many people, too many cars on the road, everything's expensive. 
people are weird, especially when you get the whole bunch of them together. One of the uh, highlights of the day here is when the mail comes, and it usually comes about oh, 1 o'clock, 1.30, and you go downstairs into the lobby, the main lobby, at that time, and there are 25, 30 elderly people hovering like vultures waiting for the mail to be delivered, and they become so anxious and demanding, I guess, that when the mailman actually arrives with his big basket of mail, he has to chain off a little area where the mailboxes are to keep people from assaulting him, basically, to get the mail. Yeah, he puts up a chain to keep people away from him in the mailboxes until he has finished everyone's mail delivery. And then he releases the chain and steps far away because those people are like hungry sharks when they attack those mailboxes. It's a sad yet funny situation. But at least they have that moment. Sometimes it's 20 or 30 minutes as they sit down there and wait for the mailman to come. At least they have that uh, group activity, the camaraderie, the, you know, talking about mail. If you come off the elevator, they will, somebody sitting there will tell you, mail hasn't come yet, mail hasn't come yet, he's late today. And I go, okay. And I just walk on by because I didn't go down there to get the mail anyhow. I was doing something else, but for them, that is their just the high point of their day to go down there and see if the ads came in you know, for the stores or they got a card from their grandchildren or something. I don't know what it is, but it's. It's something that they really, really, really find exciting. <clears throat> so, old people, what are you going to do? They have to have something to look forward to every day, and I guess that's it. And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18, but with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. 
Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Roberts Field Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jaysamon.com. All right, so apparently, um, Stone Bob and I going to be moving again. Uh, the podcast starting actually starting this podcast, what you're listening to right now, we'll be moving to Tuesdays instead of Wednesdays due to some changes involved in the upper echelons of the company, I suppose. So, you're listening to me on Tuesday now, instead of Wednesday. Um, and, that, and this will be a permanent change, as far as I'm aware. Um, and Stone Bob and I will be physically moving as well, shortly. has uh, pretty much recovered from her surgery. I don't think she needs my assistance anymore, and I'm probably being more of an annoyance to her at this point than help. So, it's time for us to move on. 
at one point I was uh, trying to see about getting an apartment here in the building so I could still be close to her, but I wouldn't have to actually, you know, be living with her in the same apartment. But uh, with my very limited and uh, fixed income, I couldn't afford to live here unless I had uh, help from the uh, city housing department. So I uh, checked into that, and it turns out that uh, uh, applications for housing assistance have been closed for some time, and they aren't going to open again for several years. So I'm out of luck there. So I'm going to have to once again rely on friends and uh, well, I'm going to be uh, moving up north again, not Idaho north, that's out of the question, but it'll be a little bit further north of Southern California. Than, I, than where I live now. It's still considered Southern California, but it's the, uh, well, it's just not here, which is, you know, fine, because I've discovered that uh, coming back to the, the actual area where I spent a good part of my life the memories that have uh, cropped up uh, were not sitting well. You know. I mean, there's some good memories, yes, and there are plenty of bad memories associated with this area. And I think I need to uh, go somewhere where I can. Uh, Forms of new memories, or at least the uh, older memories aren't quite as painful as the ones I've experienced here. So, anyway, we're out of here probably uh, within the next week or so. I'm sure I will uh, let you know when that happens because, God, I hate moving. But Necessity is the invention of mothers, so they say. And uh, I think my mother is just a little tired of me being here. So, it's time to go. Alright, so uh, my views, that was that was one of them. Uh, uh, you know, older people and uh, uh, life in general and moving and Things uh, have just been bad. They've been bad. I, 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 I had seriously, seriously hoped that my life would change around for the better coming back down here. I was, uh, I don't know why I'm surprised, but I was wrong. You know, it's not like I haven't been wrong before about moving. But anyway, 
Gotta do it again. Hate to do it, but it's gotta be dude. Did, done, gotta be done. So, moving right along. Alright, so, for my review tonight, I'm not gonna do a movie because I haven't really seen a new movie in months. But, I'm going to review or at least discuss Gods versus Aliens, or which came first, the Gods or the Aliens. If you go back in, in history, deep human history, as soon as man figured out, or women figured out, that there was something more than just their life on this planet. They began to worship objects initially. For the most part, it was the sun and the moon because those were the two largest objects they could see. And the sun gave warmth and life and moon's phases helped them plant their crops. And then there were people who worshipped nature as well, the earth, the forests, things that gave them sustenance. And for many thousands, if not tens of thousands of years, there were no specific gods worshipped by humankind. And then, rather suddenly it seems, people began to worship gods. <clears throat> and where did these gods come from? Well, they always came from the sky. And every primitive religion that we are aware of, every culture, has worshipped gods that came from the sky. Although, in Australia, some of the Aborigines talk about gods who lived under the earth and came up to teach them. But the gods are always teachers, basically. They teach them how to live better. They teach them how to grow crops better. They teach them mathematics, eventually, architecture, and uh, other intellectual aspects, along with astronomy. So, where do these gods really come from, and why are there so many different gods? The Dogon people in 
Central Africa and Mali, actually, have believed for thousands of years that they were brought to this planet by God. That God came from Sirius, the star, but not not the Sirius that we see in the night sky during the winter in the northern hemisphere, anyway. <clears throat> not Sirius A, as it's called. But the Dogon believe they were brought to this planet from Sirius B. A small star that cannot even be seen with the naked eye from Earth, and was not even discovered until the middle of the 20th century with powerful telescopes. And yet, when an explorer, a European explorer, went to Africa in the early 1900s, the Dogon. Were adamant that they came from Sirius B star, the second star, and yet the modern world did not even know Sirius B existed until the middle of that century. And yet the Dogon knew it existed. How do you suppose that was possible? <clears throat> Excuse me. In uh, oh, I can't remember where they are. Somewhere in Indonesia, I believe. There is a an ancient tribe who bury their dead. Facsimiles of a large boat, and this boat is supposed to be the same shape that their god came down from the sky in thousands of years ago, and even today, they still believe that their god. Came down in a big boat because they were fishermen. They used boats a lot, so a boat was something they recognized and could associate with. So when they saw a large object coming out of the sky, they just assumed it was another big boat, and that is typically what. Early man associated the gods' arrival as, regardless of what kind of craft they descended from the heavens in, the primitive people associated that craft with something they were familiar with.、Um, In Greek times, Apollo rode a flaming chariot. Mayans thought that 
their gods came down in flaming serpents. The American Indians saw their gods come down in golden shields, which is a very similar construction to a flying saucer. Other cultures have uh, similar conceptions of how their gods arrived, but they always have the same pattern as far as what the gods actually do for these people. The gods teach them how to live better, how to build better, how to grow crops better. They teach them astronomy. They teach them language. <coughs> Excuse me. In China and Japan, the gods arrived from the heavens in a fire-breathing dragon. Even Christian religion saw gods or angels arriving in burning chariots, flaming chariots. The angels were seen coming down a ladder or a ramp from a large cloud-like object, which, you know, was assumed to be angels climbing down from heaven. And it wasn't until <clears throat> Christianity, really, that the idea that the gods were not coming down in some sort of flying craft became uh, well accepted. Egyptians <clears throat> felt that their god, Osiris and Isis, their gods, came from the constellation Orion. And Egyptians believed that when they died, they would be resurrected with the gods in the constellation Orion, wherever they were from. <clears throat> and the uh, Egyptian religion lasted for a few thousand years the exception of when uh, Akhenaten took power as pharaoh and got rid of the multiple gods that Egyptians believed in and went back to worshiping the sun as a god. And the Egyptian religion continued to believe in multiple gods, 
until it was taken over by Rome. And when Rome decided Christianity was going to be the religion of the empire, Egypt lost their Voltaic God, Pantheon. And many of the people there became Christian because they were still under Roman rule. It wasn't until uh, the 1500s, or was it? Yeah, about 1500, and uh, Muslim religion. No, wait, 500, right? 500 AD, when the Muslim religion began to push Christianity out of the Middle East. <clears throat> but most primitive people have believed in the same space gods for as long as they've been a culture unless Christianity has come in and forced them away from their own religion and uh, turned them Christian. The American Indians <clears throat> believed in uh, sky people, star people. For almost as long as they've been in the Americas, and it wasn't until uh, they were almost wiped out in the 1800s. And uh, those who were left, for the most part, converted to Christianity, that uh, they stopped openly acknowledging the star people. <clears throat> Hawaiians, I think. Well, they worshipped Pele, which was a uh, fire god. They apparently were never contacted by uh, visitors from the stars. But most other primitive cultures, at some time or another, apparently were contacted by star people, people from the sky, people from the stars. And many of their religions revolved around these entities. Certainly the uh, Central American Indians believed that uh, I am Aztec, excuse me, so, even in Peru, uh, there were gods from the sky who came down to instruct them how to better utilize their lives. So, aside from the... Uh, Christian 
Judea, Christian, and Muslim religions. Most, and, and even even those, you know, they're, they're still talking about going to heaven and star people, things coming from the sky. But they were the first religions to make them out to be actual gods and not creatures from the sky or strangers from the sky. So basically, our world religions have been built on beings from outer space. Even in the early Middle Ages, when paintings were done or of Christian Christian paintings, there are numerous paintings of Christ and the Virgin Mary and birth, all of which have objects in the sky that cannot be explained. So, who knows, of course, if you have sufficient faith, you're going to believe that there is an actual God entity up there somewhere watching over us, and uh, that would be different from periodic visitation by aliens who taught early people pretty much everything they knew, but left, left them on their own. So, well, it's just food for thought, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying one way or another, but it's something to think about. So, until next time, dear fans, well, dear listeners, I don't know how many of you are actually fans. Until next time, dear listeners, this is Reaper Rick signing off, and uh, we will talk at you another time. Good night. I don't know if any of you out there are following the the new Reaper Rick show. Well, it, essentially, it's still in VR, you know, news, views, and reviews, but it's a little bit changed. It's it's uh, the Tree Frog Exposé Café. And it's the newest episode just released last week. And I believe next Wednesday, uh, he'll come out with another episode. Really good stuff. Very fun to listen to. And like number 29 here of NVR, it was just absolutely enjoyable. And, and the you know, he makes you think. He really does. It doesn't matter what belief you have or, you know, what spirituality you have the way he presents his materials has always made a person, I, I think, you know, kind of think about things. All right, kids, let's go ahead and just jump back into the pot. We've got one more podcast to cover, and then we're going to call it a day. All right, so let's shake this bad boy up and find out what we got going. I want something good. 
Let's end out on a good note, shall we? Okay. So, this week we're ending with what we think, episode number 20. Okay. Let's see. Um, Title of it is called Being Creative, released October 26, 2013. And the synopsis reads, Sadie and Dave talk about her new story to be found in the Zombie Works new anthology and the process of Sadie recording her book, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for dinner for the release of her forthcoming audiobook, then reflects back about the people from back in the day. All right, that's what we're going to jump into for our third and final episode of the day. So hunker in, because I think this is going to be pretty intense, and I'll see you on the other side. It's Monday night, so let's find out what the fuck we think. I'm David K. Montoya. And I am Miss Sadie Burbank. So we were talking about your book last episode. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, yes, we were talking about your book, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner, available at Amazon.com. And at stores near you if you request it. Uh, but you're also getting ready to add a new publishing credit, which is, um, oh, bear with me, folks. I had it on the tip of my tongue and I lost it. Uh, a Dark World anthology, right? Yes. The Dark World Fairies and Fays. Some, something. Something, something. Something. Yeah. Anyway, um, so. <laughs> Ask for it by name. <laughs> Well, yeah. when, when it comes available, we'll, we'll um, let you know. <laughs> because what people may not know is Myth Mart is still up and running. It's the only functioning brand that we have through the MythWorks Corporation that is actually still functioning. And I still love my mug. I've, I, no, I, I was going to order one, but I never ordered one. You should get one. They're good mugs. I have MythWorks every morning for breakfast. And, uh. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, yes. So, but this time around, you're working for Zombie Works Publications, right? Now, and and I I mentioned this. Um, we were actually this is our third attempt to record yes, this episode. It's been a busy afternoon. Uh, let me first say happy twentieth to you. Oh, this is the twentieth. This is number twenty. Woo-hoo! Yeah, and to you, happy Thank twenty, you. happy twenty. And um. And the reason why we say happy 20 is because there's a, a thing that you can find on online is just if you can get past the first 20 episodes of any podcast, um, you're pretty much home free. The, the, the first 20 is like the hardest to get past. Oh, if the podcasters can. Yes. I thought maybe you meant the listeners. No, no. Podcasters. <laughs> what are you going to win? A cupcake. I don't know. But anyway, um, so. In one of the previous attempts to record, you know, we talked about that you, you've been involved in, before it was MythWorks, it was Dark Myth Corporation, or Dark Myth Production Studios. Right. And even at one point, you were our central intelligence officer, if I remember it correctly. Yeah, CIA, that's me. Um, Boy, was that a bad choice. <laughs> Talk about an oxymoron. <laughs> but anyway. I, I just, I, I was just curious, and I, I really hadn't thought about it until you had mentioned it, and now it, it's kind of, you know, forefront in my brain, and I, 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 I really want to know, is what is the, the difference between working for me in, in Dark Myth, oh, shit, now i got to pay the money, and working with uh, Zombie Works? What's the difference? 
how the fuck do I know? What do you mean, what's the difference? I just, I wrote a book. I wrote a book for you. I mean, I wrote a book. You asked me to write. And Hold you on published- just for a second. Somebody's calling. Okay, we're back. I, I just needed to make sure that wasn't uh, an important phone call. Right. No, you asked me to write Red Hills. Right. And I did. Yes. And you published it. Yes. Okay, then Russo put out a request for people to send him uh, short stories for his anthology. Yes. And I sent him one. What do, what do you mean, what's the difference? I was just curious to see if the process of me publishing your work to him publishing your work was any different. Oh, hell yes. I don't know the man that well. You're like a child to me. <laughs> I don't mean a child, but right. like my child to right. me. You and I became fast friends early on. Yes. Working with you is easier because you read my mind. You know how I think. You know, you understand where I'm coming from. I don't have to explain shit to you. You get me. Right. Okay. And to a large extent, vice versa. I don't know Russo. I met, I met him once. I did a podcast with him. That's it. I don't know him. So, you know, for me to, to work with him meant sending in my Short story. Right. I sent an email along with it and said, if this isn't right, talk to David. <laughs> I, I did. I did. I said, this isn't the way you want it. Talk to him because this is what he said to send. Right. That's, and he sent me a, a contract by email for me to e-sign and right. I did. How'd you like that? I knew that word. Huh? I was impressed. Yeah. yeah. Me you must have seen the expression on my face. Yeah, me too. And, uh, and then he sent me a hard copy. Later, which I just got in the mail not long ago, and that's it. I don't. Um, there's no comparison. It's to me, it was like if if I had seen, I don't know. Well, I wouldn't have sent it to just anybody online that, that said I'm writing a book. Would you like, you know? But uh, I don't. I I honestly don't know how to answer that question. Well, it, I, I've always been interested because he's built his publishing kind of around the way he's seen me do my publishing. But I know people that won't do business with him. Well, I've since learned a couple of things I didn't know beforehand that we can't talk about on air. Right. Uh, so, you know, in that sense of the word, I don't think he does business like you do. Uh, but uh, generally speaking, um, I don't. I don't know, David. It's not... I, uh, how can I put this? I felt like it was a very impersonal relationship. The, you know, and it wasn't anything he did or didn't do that made me feel that way. It wasn't, um, it wasn't like he did anything wrong or or he left me hanging or anything like that. But it was all done via email, and it was all done electronically. Right. I wasn't expecting necessarily to, but I didn't get any feedback from him. Like, you know, when I write stuff, especially when I first started writing, I would send you, you know, pages and go, what do you think? Right. Does it sound okay? You know, because I was very insecure. Well, I already knew The Haunting of Mikhail Zotkin, which is what I sent him for inclusion in this anthology, I already knew it was a good story. I knew you liked it. Yes. Uh, and I liked it. And some of the readers online, way back when it was online... World of Myth, yes. They liked it. So I knew it was a good story. 
So I didn't necessarily need any feedback from Russo as to what he thought about it. Oh, but it would have been nice to have had some. Right. But that wasn't there. The relationship was more a business one. You know, I'm printing a book. You're sending a story. Here's the contract, la da da, and like that. So it was, it was totally different experience than doing the same sort of thing with you. Very, uh, and I don't mean this as a, as a, a, against anything he did. No, no, no. But it was a very impersonal. Right. Relationship. And I, I guess I should make note that this is not, um, I'm not asking this question because Russo is a friend. You yeah. know, I've known Russo for almost 14 years at this see, point. You've known him longer than you've known me. And it's, it's just, I'm curious because again, you know, he kind of sampled his business model after Patterned his yeah, business af- model after you. After me. And so I was just curious because... Well, he may do. And under certain circumstances, that may be the case. Maybe because this was a little bit different arrangement, it he handled it differently. Right. You know, I mean, it was a, a, a blanket of request that he sent out. Right. You know, to anybody that's interested... You know, he posted the, the notice right. that he was going to publish this anthology. Any authors who were interested in contributing, send in your work. We'll, we'll see. I sent it in. He sent me back a note and said he was pleased to let me know that it was accepted. And that was that. So, the, and I suppose that in itself was a... Uh, yeah, I like it and we're going to put it in the book. Right. You know, it wasn't specific, didn't specifically say that, but just by saying he was pleased to say that he was going to include it in the anthology made me feel good. I felt good. Yeah. Right. Okay. Good. And again, so. because I know if I gave him a, a story, you know, things would be different from him and I because we've been friends for so many yeah. years. Yeah. You know, there's a yeah. different chemistry. Well, and he didn't say, I'll let you know what I think, or, you know, it wasn't that kind of a relationship. Thing. No, right. not at all. Not, and again, I was just curious more so yeah. than anything because, yeah. um, you know, one of the things that I've always prided myself as a publisher was how personally invested I got into every person that I've ever published. Yeah. You know, there was, there has been a, a personal relationship form. Right, right. And that was just my thing. That yeah. was that was more so important to know the person than to publish their book. I mean, yes, publishing the book was what it was all about. Yeah. But in order to do so properly, and this is just my own theory, you had to know the person. Well, I think a, a reading uh, someone's book is a very intimate thing anyway because you're reading their mind in a sense. Right. Uh after the fact. And so it it's uh, for the author, as an author, you yourself are an author as well, so yes. you know this. Uh, as an author, you, you um, sort of spill out your guts on a, on a keyboard. Right. And then try to organize them with the keys, you know, and make some sense out of it. And so when someone reads it, they're, they're reading into your soul. And so when they say they didn't like it, it kind of hurts. When they say, oh, that's cool, then it makes you feel like they've... Accepted part of you. Well, you've bonded right on a different level altogether than you do with anybody else because they've looked into your soul, you know. And that's what's hard as an author 
when you put a book out, you're putting your soul out to total strangers, you know. And so if they if they get it and they like it, then you feel, okay, this is cool. This total stranger bonded with my total stranger self, you right. know. Uh, and if they don't like it, you're like, why? You know, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just the way it is. So at least for me, I don't know how it is for you as an author, but that's how it is for me as an author. So you and I have a totally different relationship as author and publisher than Russo right. and I will ever have. And again, I, I was just, because I, uh, okay, best case scenario, I didn't even know uh, Kelly DeToro. Now, right. you knew her. You know, you've known oh, yeah, her for I, years. I was the one that told Kelly to get her book published. And by you, and, as a matter of yes, fact. Yes. And yeah. by the, by the, the conclusion of publication and, and where it actually goes into printing, not only was she someone that was working for me as an author, but, and even to this point, and though we don't keep, you know, in contact, I still consider her as a friend. Yeah, and that, absolutely. that was just something that, you know, that developed over the, and I I've always tried to do that. Yes, yeah. Yeah. and and there's people you know right now I'm not publishing nothing, uh, whether it be books or novels or comic books or you know yeah. at this point I'm just not publishing. But there's right. still I drop notes into different people and just say hi, yeah. Just because over the years of of working with these people, I consider them as friends. Right, right. Yeah, you get to know. <clears throat> you can't read someone's work. I don't care whether it's fiction, nonfiction, or what. You cannot read someone's work and not know them on a certain level. Right. Because every author, worth his salt anyhow, does as I said. They they put their heart and soul into their work. Right. And in my case, especially, because it was, uh, or is rather, a true account. Right. It, it's It's a novel, but it's a true account of... Stuff that I did in 1971 in Liberia. So that really is putting my heart and soul out. Yeah, really, really. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you read it, you'll see a lot of stuff there. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I'm recording it. Yes. For uh, the, an audio book. Yes, the audio book. And uh, it was sort of odd, I have to say, reading it out loud. Really? Yeah, it was. Uh, well, for one thing, um, it, <laughs> I'd, I'd forgotten how difficult some of the Liberian names can be to pronounce. To pronounce. But aside from that, uh, it was, um, I find myself reliving it all again. You know, oh. I, had, I did that when I wrote it, and now I'm reading it aloud. And it's different. Reading it aloud is different than reading it. I, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity oh, to compare yes. the the sensation of just silently reading your own work versus reading it aloud. Uh, but reading my work aloud has uh, made me stop and really listen to it because I want I want to do a good job of the audio book. I don't want it to sound boring to the listener. So when I'm quoting someone's words in the book, I right. try to speak in a, in a in a way that sounds like they might have spoken the words. Right. And then the rest of the time, I try to read it like a narrator, you know, but with with some sort of I don't know, some kind of 
so that it sounds good. I, I keep comparing my work to uh, Morgan Freeman because he's a real good narrator. Yes. You know, and, and I think, oh, man, I sound like shit compared to him. <laughs> because remember I told you I wanted to know if you liked it because it sound to me, listening to it back again sounds like uh, like I'm a teacher teaching someone how to listen to my book. If that makes any sense at all. Oh, absolutely. And, and I don't want to sound like that. I just want to read the, the, the book, but I'm careful. Pronunciation is important to me. Proper pronunciation is important. Yes. Uh, especially for my listener. I want to pronounce the words that I've written properly, you know, and so I, I, to me, I come off sounding like a teacher and I don't want to do that, but I don't know how else to, to do it. You know? Well, what, what I, I heard, mean? I like it. I, I think that... Oh, that's good. I'm glad because it's all I seem to know how to do. I can I, say ignorant now. You did what? I can say ignorant now. You can say ignorant, yes. Lacey, <laughs> Lacey has a, a common condition called dyslexia. I don't think I'm blabbing that to anybody. Uh, and uh, my older son is dyslexic as well. And... Um, I'm not blabbing that to anybody. Anybody who's ever ridden in a car with him knows he's dyslexic. You know, turn left here. Okay, to the right. But um, because of that, a lot of the uh, words that she has learned visually yes. to pronounce, when she speaks them, they come out backward because her her of her dyslexia. Right. And ignorant was one of the words she couldn't properly pronounce. And... Uh, so I taught her how by breaking the word down into easily read separate syllables, three of them, ignorant. And that way she was able to to see those syllables as separate from one another, did not have the dyslexic crossover thing of the letters and syllables. Right. And so she was able to learn how to pronounce the word. And so now she can pronounce it. That's what she was saying when she said that. Yeah, I picked it up. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if the listener said so. But anyhow, uh, so I, I want the book to sound entertaining, um, but I'm not real sure how else because I'm not a voice actor. Right. I'm not an actor of any kind, and so it's hard for me to read it any other way than what I'm doing. I don't know how else to do it. But that's the thing is uh, I wouldn't expect it to be any other way. Okay, well, Because good. you're reading good. it true to who you are. Well, and that's yeah, what the book is. It's who you are. It's, it's the journey true. from, uh, what was it? I, I did a, a book review about it. Yeah. Um, well, no, here's one better. Justin, Justin did a book review, uh, for the world of myth. I remember that one. That's weird. I remember that one more than my own review. Yeah, it is. But, um, he, he talked about how, it, the book for him was the journey from being a woman child into womanhood. Yeah, it was, it was that. It was, uh, the, a chronicle, if you will, of, uh, my beginning to grow up, even right. though I was 31 years of age at the time. You know, some of us are slow bloomers, late bloomers, whatever the hell, or some not even bloomers. Uh, so yeah, that's kind so of what it was. For someone to try to tell that story, your story, they couldn't do it. It, it has, it has to be you. Oh in order yeah, to do nobody it. else could. I mean, I could tell them what happened, but they wouldn't be able to. Uh, again, you, you, you pour all your guts out on the keyboard and then you type it all into the 
computer and somehow it comes out making sense. And I think that's why writers, when it crosses over into the podcasting, why it's so easy just to be so open and blunt about things is because, like you said, you know, you're sharing your soul with the world at large. Yeah. So making yeah. that conversion and being super blunt and open on, you know, verbally, it's, it's pretty much it's the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. It is. But it's interesting to read it. For me, it's interesting because when I, I find myself going, oh my God, I really said that, didn't I? Okay. <laughs> well, that's what really happened. So, all right, I'll read it the way it's written. But it, it, it does, I do get that feeling every now and then. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here we go. You know, and, and then I just read it. Um, and, and the other thing that I've kind of been enjoying is going back there in my mind. You know, when I was a kid, I grew up on a farm in southwestern Washington State. Later, in many years later, I said to my folks one time, I sure would like to go back and see the farm. Right. And Mama said, no, you don't want to go back. She said, the farmhouse isn't there anymore and the farm doesn't look the same. You'd be so disappointed. And the same thing is true of the Liberia that I knew. Right. I would love to be able to go back to that place and time because it was so beautiful there and the people were so wonderful. Um, but sadly, because of the civil strife that they've, that country has suffered and in the years since I was there, um, most of the people that I met at that time are probably not even alive. Right. And the country itself is, uh, has been war torn. Yeah. Destroyed so much so that I wouldn't, uh, you know, I have seen modern pictures of many of the places that I visited and they, they look almost nothing like what I remember. Right. Which is kind of sad because it was so beautiful. So, uh, it, it's odd when I read about it, it makes me very homesick for it. And yet I know that it's, it's there's no going back. Right. <clears throat> but so, you, but that's, anyhow. that's a nice thing though, is because you get to, to visit the place do, that yeah. you remember. Yes. So. Yeah. It's like looking at a photograph, I guess. Yes. You know, you look at a photograph and, and it brings back memories. A photograph that's, you know, 33 chapters long and almost 300 pages. I know. Or is it 300 or 400 pages? I don't know. Shit. I was thinking it was 260, but no, it's just probably trying to feel good. I don't know how long it is. I really don't. I'll let you know when I finish. I don't know. It's 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 that thick. However, however many pages that is, it's that thick. Uh, I would go. It's actually not in my library right now because Lacey has it. Ah, she's really good. Yes. Uh, so has she gotten past chapter six and seven yet? I don't know. <laughs> I. I I well, prom- she's still talking to me, so maybe she hasn't. I don't know. I haven't uh, uh, been really <clears throat> bugging her about that. Um, well, for for any of our listeners who who are curious about the audio book, I am working on it. Uh, but then we, you and I, have decided to come up with a different program. Right. I'm only seven chapters in, so I'm going to switch to a different program and reread the first uh, seven from beginning. Yeah, from the beginning. Uh, put it on the new program. Right. But that's, in a way, that'll be a good thing because the more times you read it, the easier it is to do without flubbing up. You right. Because I totally, I don't know how voice actors do that. They must do take, take after, after take. Take after take, take yeah. after take. 
because I'll sit and I'll read something, you know, and I'll transpose the words or, or, oh, or I'll add something in. I'll start telling it instead of reading it. Right. You ever do that? Oh, yes. You know, and I'm like, wait a minute. That's not what you wrote. You're supposed to be reading what you wrote. You I know, do I'll that. Throw, with... I'll throw a pronoun in or an adverb or something like that where it isn't there, you know, because it just sort of goes with the flow that I'm right. reading. And I go, what? Stop that. Then I have to go back and correct it. And, uh. My brain does that with other people's work, too. Oh, yeah. You have to be careful about that. Yeah. Because my brain will be like, no, this is a better word. <laughs> yeah. So, so by going back and, and, re-recording everything again it'll, right. it'll be at least the first seven chapters should be should flow fairly smoothly right. because this will be like i don't know the third time i've done it now because one section of it i actually re-recorded the first four chapters three times already so eh, well anyway how the hell did we get off on that well because we're talking about writing and talking about russo oh. and, and oh. how it was you know different, different or, or was it different yeah so, yeah, I was just kind of curious about that. And I am looking forward to sitting down and, and listening to, um, you know, ebooks or not ebooks, but audiobooks. Uh, one of the things, since we're talking about audiobooks that I have to bring up, and it, it, it kind of really rubbed me the wrong way, is I went and I got, um, audible.com. And audible.com, you can listen to audiobooks on your laptop, on your desktop, or on your phone. And I got a thing, I, I downloaded uh, Kevin Smith's Tough Shit, and I, I listened to that, and I was listening to Stephen King's The Stand. Yes, you told me you were doing that. Yeah. And it cost me $24 for the audiobook. Now, that's, that's actually a good deal. Yeah. But here's the thing that rubbed me the wrong way. I found out that not only do you have to pay for the audiobook, you have to pay a monthly member's fee. So, because I, I decided to drop Audible because of, you know, just, I, I can go elsewhere and get, you know, I can go to iTunes and get them for cheaper. And, yeah, and yeah. so I decided to drop iTunes, or not iTunes, but Audible. Yeah. And because I dropped Audible, I can't listen to the rest of The Stand, even though I paid for that book because I didn't pay for the monthly members, uh, so now you got to go buy it from somebody else and listen to it again. Yes. That sucks. So that's that kind of, you know, since we're talking about audio books, that, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. If I buy something, I buy it. I should be able to listen to it any place, anytime, you anywhere. Think, you would think, yeah. But, yeah. and it shouldn't be connected to, and um, and I know this is a legal Did thing. Did they tell you that out front? Uh, no, it doesn't it isn't say, it was... Um, how they got me is because uh, I was listening to this one podcast, and then it goes, if you go to audible.com slash uh, whatever, you know, right. the, you get a free download. Right. And I'm like, sweet. Okay, let's do this. Let's let's yeah. see. And this was about the time that we were talking about doing the audio book for, right. for you. So I wanted right. to see, or not see technically, I wanted to hear what, you know, other audio books sound like so I could have a comparison to, to, to bring back to you. And that was it. It's Proving once again there's no such thing as a free, free lunch. Free, yes. Mm. So, yeah. What can I tell you? What can I tell you? Well, okay, so don't hook up with them. No. Again. No. Now, are you enjoying See, I myself, I can't, I 
besides the fact that I don't hear well, I can I'm not an auditory learner. Uh-huh. I'm very much a visual learner. Hands-on is even better. Yes. Uh but I have to see I have to see it I to to understand it. I can't catch it from listening about it. I'm a visual. I don't care what it is. Um are you the same kind of person, or can you do either one, or or how is it working out for you listening to the book? In other words, oh, I can still, you know, I can still pull up. You know, my imagination kicks in, and it's as if like I'm talking to you, and you're telling me a story, and my imagination forms this, you know, visual. Yeah, I sort of get that, kind of like a movie, right? But at the same time, uh, just I don't know. I would lose track. Of the story, you know, when, when, right. when I'm reading, I sort of lose track, you know, cause my mind goes off while I'm reading. Right. And so then you have to come back to the page and, you know, well, focus and all that. For anything that I'm doing, if I'm, it, if it requires me to listen. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I cannot do anything other than listen. Mm. Because if I'm listening and I say I'm doing, uh, you know, making a, a, a new page or whatever. Yeah. I, I'm not getting the whole. Yeah, no. My brain's not processing no. it. It starts sounding like, you know, well, and for from me, the, for me to hear the words, uh, of a descriptive phrase, let's say. Okay. Yes. Uh, somebody's describing a beautiful sunset. Okay. I get more out of reading that description than I would hearing it. Same here. Okay. Okay. Yes. Same here. Um, so much so that I don't listen to books. I read them. But there are people who are just the opposite. Yes. And that's for them that I'm recording the book. Because if, for me, if I'm doing something and, and I'm listening, but I'm doing something else, mm-hmm. it, it, the best way to describe it is their voice turns into the, the teacher from the Peanuts show. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. You know, that's all I'm getting. Yes, yes. It's just noise. There's nothing comprehensible to it. I have to say that one of the fun parts of, of, uh, chapter seven, that's the part where I'm dealing with the driver ants. Oh, okay. The stomp, stomp, stomp thing. Yes. And, and it was really kind of hilarious to read that part because I really did do the stomp, 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 you know, instead of just saying stomp, stomp, stomp. Um, and it kind of brought that all back too because that was, that was such a cool, that was, that was probably one of the best walking trips of my life. That first trip to, uh, to the camp. Right. Well, for me as a reader, and and I have to say to everybody that's read your book. All I, three of you. <laughs> I I got to go there first before yeah. anybody else I got to go there. And it was just a very I and I don't want to underplay it and use the word, but it, it's it was for me it was a very magical experience, the whole process, because the way that you told the story you know, I was brought into the story. I seen it. I I felt what you felt. You know, and I experienced what you experienced. And and I think I'll have always have a special place in my heart for that story because it was so personal. It was just. I remember at times when I would should have been doing something else at work. I was just reading. You know, your email because you would send me chapters on a regular basis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. and I literally I'd be like, "Okay, I'm going to do this and read this at the same time." And then I f- completely forget what I'm actually supposed to be doing and I'd be like reading the chapter. Well, you know, the thing is when I was writing that, 
I, uh, and, and maybe the reason it reads that way is I could close, like I am now, I'm sitting here with my eyes closed. I could close my eyes and go there. Right. And I wanted the reader to understand what I was seeing and feeling and, and, and hearing, uh, and tasting in some cases. And, and so that's what I tried to write about. I try, I tried to, um, I tried to take a picture of my brain, I guess, as a way of putting it. Yes. And, and put that in writing so that the reader could go, oh, that's what it looks like there. That's what it feels like there. That's what it sounds like there. You know, because I know what it felt and sounded like to me. And that's what I was trying to convey. I was trying to let people know this is this is what it's like there. Right. At least and I, I think my pulled, take on it. You, you pulled know. it off because I did. Like I said, and, and uh, this is going to get the part that I'm going to reference. It actually got cut out, but uh, you know, Lacey came up and she she was like, well, "What are you talking about?" But it oh, was you mean it just was, a minute ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was to me. It was a very personal experience. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, like yeah, I said, I is. was the first it one is. to read it. Um, then of course, Mario Martinez, he, he was the second one. You know, as soon as I got yeah. done, I'd give it to him. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Carrie D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. 
or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra $10, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jaysamon.com. That is that who you? Ran I was going to say. Speaking of Mario, yes. <laughs> uh, no, well, I didn't run into him. He texted me. Oh yeah. And we had a, a good conversation. He's doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, he he got injured oh. over at at the hospital. Oh, on um, the job. Yeah. And um, cha ching. Yeah he he's he's bad. Oh. Um, he can't stand lifting a patient. Yes. How'd I know? <laughs> Um, from what I was told, he was turning a, a you know, four or five hundred pounder. Uh-huh. And the, the nurse just kind of let go of the patient to oh, turn and, and grab the meds oh, to hang. Fuck. And it Thanks was. Thanks a lot, nurse. Yeah. And he was still, he still had the. Oh, man. And, you know, just, and it fucked up his back. He said oh. that he can't, um, he can't sit for a very long time or he mm. can't lay for a long time because parts of his body, his legs and his hands would start going numb and. Oh. You know, he's, he's got only a like bad disc. Yeah, he's only thirty something years old too. Uh, and and that was kind of a bummer because um you know I was telling you, you know, last episode about getting back into comic books and the person that I would would like to have had was him to ink my stuff. Because yeah, yeah. we had a very um what's the word I'm looking for? We had a very solid relationship as far as that goes, as far right. as my pencils, his inks. You know, right. we were able to complement each other's work. Right, right. And um, he can't sit at the table anymore oh, for, for more than like shame. five, ten minutes. That's a shame. That's a shame. I feel sorry for him. Please, if you see him again, tell him uh, I send my sympathies because that is... Uh, that's always a danger. You know yourself. You've yes. had to help patients or help nurses get patients in and out of bed and so on. And it's always, uh, a danger regardless of their size. Uh, the bigger they are, the, the more the danger, yes. but not necessarily. You can, you can hurt your back really bad on a hundred pound old lady too. You know, it just. I would like to bring him in. I don't body know. Body mechanics. Yes. 101. But I, I would like to bring him in. I don't know what podcast it'd be on, but I'd just like to sit and talk to him yeah. and, and kind of reminisce about those times because, and that was kind of the thing, unfortunately, for him is when him and I, we were on night shift together, we did things as a team. Right. You know, and we're both big guys. Yeah. So yeah. what one strength compensated for the other strength and it yeah. just worked. Well, he went to day shift. And because of that reputation of him helping with patient care and whatnot, mm. you know, but I wasn't there. 
And and that mm. continued to where they abused his size and his strength, and unfortunately, you know, it, it caused him to to be disabled now. Is is there, are they going to try to do anything for him? Well, um, he's fighting uh, the hospital. No, I mean, are they going to try to do anything for no, him? Well, I'm, I'm getting oh, it. Oh, okay. He's fighting the hospital because the hospital said that he was doing something that was not in his job description. Oh bullshit! So he actually he has he's gotten uh, a lawyer. And, and if he and if they had asked him to do that and he said I can't do it because it's not my job description, they'd have fired him. Yep, but in fact they're they're fighting his uh, workman's comp. Oh. He said it last time I talked to him. He said it's been eighteen months since the incident happened, mm-hmm. and they've been fighting him. He he has not had no. Uh, other than the original when he first got injured, yeah. but, but since then he hasn't had no medical medical attention because um, they're fighting him on it, and oh, they're saying, and that's their whole wrong. case is because technically what we do is a desk job, but you know when you they call you for help, yeah, the nurses, David, come give me a hand with this patient. I need to roll him over, and he's too big. And you've seen that personally. I of don't course. Know and 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 I have a vision of the response you would get if you sat there and said, that's not in my job description, and if I hurt myself in the process, I won't be compensated for it. Like I said, they'd fire you on the spot. They would. And unfortunately, Write Mario's your ass up six ways from Sunday and a lot of other stuff. Insubordinate. I hope and- he has good legal counsel. And it doesn't sound like he does. But next time you talk to him, tell him I said get a fucking lawyer. Yeah. Because I, mean, I know he does, he and needs... I know he just obtained one recently. Well, uh, hopefully he's got a good one. He needs to lawyer up and get this taken care of. Because the longer he deals with or lives with the injury without getting medical attention, the harder it's going to be to correct the problem if there's any hope of correcting it. Right. Especially when it's a disc. You know, because they'll fuse, and then he'll really be fucked. Right. And, you know, and it, it, it's sad because he's a good worker. Well, yes, he is. And Besides that, it's sad. Anybody that's had a back injury knows. Well, no, I mean, I mean not so much the injury, but just the, um, you know, the fact that they're fighting them on it is because, um, what's that? You know, no, go ahead. Just tell me. What the fuck was that doing a minute ago? I had it zoomed in. Oh, okay. Because I was like, what the fuck is going on with the the wave things for our voice? All of a sudden, it looked really strange. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? Yeah, I zoomed in Are we in talking times, like that? I zoomed in times three. Oh, okay. Okay. And no, then you just like, zoom out. Dang. What? Okay. Never mind. But anyway, um, so what I was saying is, is I feel bad, and I brought up him being a good worker, is because he gave... A lot to the company, and now the company's trying to dick him over. That's what I was. Meaning. Well, knowing the company he's worked for, is he working now? No, he can't work. He, he can't, can't work. He's he can't totally set for just... more than five ten minutes. Uh, knowing the company he worked for, I'm not surprised. Put it that way. Yes. Which. Uh, so there you go. Which, is fortunately he... for me, I'm not working there anymore. Yeah. Is he able to get any kind of disability help at all from the government or anything? I, I only talked to him for about an hour, you know, so oh, man. we just kind of chit-chatted and, and, you know, like I said, I would love to get him back and, and uh, get him over here and we can do a podcast. And, yeah, 
and uh, you know talk and, and kind of reminisce. Yeah, because that'd be great. And you though you brought up a good subject, you know, if you can always go back into the past in your head, but you can never you can never relive what happened. So mm-hmm. the friendship and the experience that we we had back in the past mm-hmm. would would never be like that again. You know, just because past you can never recreate the past. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. Mm-mm. you can't. And you're not the same person either. That's the funny thing about it. You know, when I when I think back to the time of the book. Uh-huh. Go. I was 31 at the time. Right. Now I'm 73. So I can't go back because of that. Right. The only way I could go back would be to time travel. Right. You know, because not only are they all not there and themselves as I remember them, I wouldn't be either. So that's the other reason you can't go back. <laughs> it sort of sucks. But you can't, I don't know, that's why we have memories, I guess. Yes. And that's why we have podcasts to reflect those memories. Because we can always go back and listen to them. I somebody would want to. Yeah, you can. (laughs) But yeah, so that's kind of the goal is, and if if he can get over here, you know, I don't know what, you know, it's like for him to get up and drive. I don't either. Could could he sit for a podcast even? I don't know. But I would, I would just. Even if it, it was nothing more, just to reflect back of you know when we did this, when we did this, and and uh, yeah, we, it, it'd be fun actually for the three of us to podcast together because he and I have a lot of the memories of my beginnings in writing and everything with you because yes. Mario was very involved at the time. Yes, uh, with that. In fact, uh, there'd be a lot of times when you weren't there, and I go ask him, "Well, has he read the chapters yet?" Well, he'd go, "I don't know, but I liked it, you know, or whatever." Uh, you know, so yeah, it would be great to. I'm really sorry to hear that. That's a shame that he's been injured like that. That just sucks on a lot of different levels. But, Too bad. I'm really sorry. But it was enjoyable just to, yeah. just to, you know, kind of sit down. Well, it was through text messaging. Yeah. But yeah. still, it was, it was, you know, just to have that communication because I hadn't talked to him in over a year. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, and I don't mean to be that way, but in order to be a part of my life, you have to be active in my life. Yeah. And it's not because I let, le- I like someone less. It's just you're not up being active in my life. And the way my life works is you've got to be active, involved in my life to have an open communication. Yeah. That's just the way it works. Right. Well, it, it's a two-way street, and you can't, you can't do it on your own. Right. The other person has to, has to bring that to the table, too. And, if, and uh, you know, I'm that way, too. If I don't have – it's like my kids – we were, Lacey and I were talking the other day about my kids. I said, my youngest kid calls me frequently, my oldest kid not so much. Um, so, you know, I have more of a relationship with my younger son than I do with my older son. Right. Simply because it is not just my responsibility for us to have the relationship. Right. He, he Facebooks me. Is that the right term? Yeah. Yeah, the verb. He Facebooks me. I Facebook him. We talk on the phone at his behest or mine. So, um, we have a lot more connections than, uh, my older son and I do. And that, I think that's normal for anybody. You right. know, I have, I have casual friends that I see occasionally. I have some friends I haven't heard from in years. They're still friends. I just don't, we don't have an active relationship. Right. Cause I don't see them or hear from them. And that's okay. I don't need to. I only have so many hours in the day. True, true. Just like you. 
I don't see it that way. No, I'm Mary Lynn, too. They know. Most of the listeners know I have more than one name. Maui, Maui. <laughs> movie, movie. Yeah. Um, I was going to say Maui sounds good, too. Sound like Maui. Yeah, and uh, uh, I lost track of what I was going to say. Well, we were talking about keeping track of friends, friendships. Right. You you were saying how uh, you hadn't talked to Mario in, in over a year, and that affects your ability. Your relationship with people has to be a two-way street. They have to be there, too. Right. You can't go hunting up people all the time and going, hey, how are you? I haven't heard from you forever. It almost seems counterproductive. Well, I guess it would, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I I do get phone calls like that from time to time. Um, but, you know, it's like I'm busy. I'm doing things. Hang around. Find out. Otherwise, don't know. <clears throat> and you've definitely, you, you, you found out <laughs> what all goes on in my life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a busy, busy house here. Busy house, busy life. But I wouldn't have it any other way. And I'm ten times busier now than I was four months ago. Because Lacey and I go to the gym three days a week. Plus your other podcast. she and I podcast once a week. You and I podcast once a week. So there's three whole days out of my life, out of my seven-day week. Right. That are pretty well taken up. I was telling Ernie this morning. I said, this week is going to go like fire because monday tuesday wednesday we're gymming and podcasting yes thursday i get to go to the beauty shop and let them do their magic and friday i get my tits smashed mm. it's because it's uh october's october's breast cancer awareness month yes. and i have my annual mammogram scheduled for this friday uh saturday we pack and sunday we're off to vegas which they'll actually this episode will still air this is this is the episode so while everybody's listening to this you're gonna be i will already be back yeah yeah with my billions and millions in my pocketbook i hope yeah that'll never happen i never go to make money at vegas i just go to have fun yes so Okay, well, I think we're we're at our minimum where we can shut it off, and the background's getting a little. Sounds like too... we need to shut it off because the baby's just about got the end of her fuse lit, and yes. I think she may explode here any minute. So, and it's dinner time for her. I yeah. mean, let's face it; we've kind of dragged this out into an unreasonable length. So it's all good. All right, for this all week, right. I am David K. Montoya, and I am S. Sadie Burbank. So you heard what we think, and the kid in the background. And you know what she thinks. <laughs> and now you know. Good night. Boy, we can get in some really interesting conversations, especially when it comes to, you know, writing and being creative. It's it's just something that comes really natural for me and also for Sadie. All right, kids. Well, I guess this is enough for now. We're going to go and park the Wayback Machine just for now. But I'll be back next week, and that will be 2014. So, until then, I am David K. Montoya. I wish you a very happy new year, and I'll see you next time, right here on Flashback Fridays.